0: sean ben robin zach this is a podcast about cinematic oddies where we discuss any media that is too bizarre abnormal or off-kilter for contemporary audiences occasionally these projects gel most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp i'm zach this is bullshit
1: and i'm in your face (laughs) So uh, I think just before we recorded, Ben, LaShawn, and I were saying how there aren't really that many great, you know, I quotes from this movie. I have to say I was really tempted for my uh, my and I was to be, and I am an FBI agent, because this movie already existed 10 years before 2001 in much better form, but we'll get into that. We are here continuing the 2001 Fort year with none other than The Fast and the Furious The first one for anybody who's trying to, uh, you know, watch along with us and joining us hot off of his last appearance when we discussed the parody of The Fast and the Furious. We are very happy to welcome back LaShawn and his knowledge of vehicles, because I know I don't have any. LaShawn, thank you so much for being
2: here once again. Yeah, thanks for having me. And just remember, you can't detail a car with the cover on. (laughs) We're learning already.
3: (laughs) Uh, LaShawn, I actually I do have a question. Um, What distinguishes cars from, like, like a toy and a vehicle. Like, if, if I had two cars, would you be able to tell by looking at them which one was a toy and which one was a
2: vehicle? I don't even know what you mean, but yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Solid. I don't understand the question, but I'm confident enough that I could answer it in the moment. <laughs> so we, we, of course, are going to jump into Fast and the Furious, but before we do that, there's something very important that we need to discuss, and it is something that I have not yet asked LaShawn about and I figured what better way to do it than On Cinemodities. LaShawn, have you been watching Law & Order Organized
2: Crime? So I started watching the first episode and then I was like, what is going on? Why is Stapler so angry? And then (laughs) I got tired and fell asleep. So I haven't been back to watch it.
1: Okay, okay. Ben and Zach, I know you've been watching Law & Order Order Organized Crime, right?
3: (laughs) No, you told me about it and I didn't want
1: to watch it. I literally (laughs) finished asking that question, and Zach left the call. So we are are (laughs) doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Law and Order Organized Crime with Sean. I'm all caught up. There's been six episodes out at the time of this recording. There's two left in the season. It did get renewed for like a 20-episode second season, but it fucking sucks. I hate it. It is nothing like Law & Order. There's so much bullshit in it. Um, the one thing I have to say, Christopher Maloney, he's looking pretty good after all these years since he left Law & Order. He's uh, he's aged a lot better than Mariska
2: Hargitay, I think. <laughs> Ooh, those are fighting words. <laughs> oh, man, are you one of them? You like Mariska Hargitay? We're in love. We've been dating for several years now. <laughs> and she, So she gave you that pillow. <laughs> <laughs> LaShawn's
1: like, it is. Tr- I am truly, deeply, madly in love with probably, I think at the time of this recording, it's like she's the second highest paid TV actor. It is true love between you two, of course, definitely. It's not like the nearly three quarters of a million dollars she gets per
2: episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Dom and Letty love story.
1: A perfect, perfect uh, transition into The Fast and The Furious. It's 2001. Somebody had the idea to remake a movie from 1991, I, I don't want to reveal what I'm thinking yet. But I guess if there's nothing else to say at the start, we can talk about some context. So, so Zach, I have to throw it over to you and ask, why why did you finally make me watch this movie? I had gone so long with just not watching The Fast and the Furious why did you feel it needed to be in the fort year that I would have to finally see it? What's the, did you see this in theaters even back in the day?
0: I did not see this in theaters, but I did see too fast, too furious in theaters. And I guess that's kind of where this all began. Like I saw too fast, too furious in 2003 I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, at the time, I was not, like, by any means a car person. Still I'm still not. And I enjoyed it. And then, like, they released, like, I think like, God, Fast and Furious movies are one of those ones that just get released, like, every year on, like, Blu-ray and DVD. Yep. And they had it. And I'm like, okay. Like, so I bought it. And I think I saw that DVD somewhere. It has a free ticket for Too Fast, Too Furious. I plan on cashing it in for the inevitable Two Hobbs, Two Shaw. I'm so <laughs> glad I was the first one to get to make that joke. Um... <laughs> but yeah and like i was interested in it um i never had any interest in tokyo drift uh i remember when fast and furious the fourth film came out and like it made like a crazy amount of money and like the idea of like vin diesel coming back to the franchise was like a big thing and then like like i don't want to get too far into the sequels because we'll be here forever because i probably by the time you're listening to this it's probably 11th one like in release and john cena is probably being told like you can't like admit taiwan's a real country But uh, yeah, like pretty much I kind of got hooked on this series ever since Fast Five. Like Fast Five is just probably one of the like it might be one of the like just like dumbest, bluntest movies ever. But it's probably one of the most fun blockbusters ever made at least the last decade.
1: Okay, okay, I I can't say I've ever had any interest in watching these movies. Like I have said many times, I've only seen Tokyo Drift because I caught it on HBO back in the day. It didn't do much for me. Uh, I'm with Zach. I've never been like a a huge like, you know, into cars or anything like that. But I've never had any interest in watching these movies. And I have to say, after watching this first one, the kickoff of the franchise, I have no interest in watching any of the other ones either. And uh, so nothing's really changed. If anything, I have less interest in watching the other ones. So I I, I figured, LaShawn, I I have some knowledge of your history, especially we talked about when we discussed Superfast – have you seen the entire franchise?
2: So I've seen everything up until this last one with John Cena, and I watched only like half of Hobbs and Shaw. And I was like, you've gone way too far at this point. You're not even close to what this originally started as." And for me, honestly, I'm not gonna lie, the cheesiness of it kind of like works for me. I kind of like that it's it's not you know high budget, great acting, you know, great car knowledge. Like I think the cheesiness of it kind of keeps it amateur, and I kind of like that.
1: Okay. Okay. And so now, this is the one I have no idea about. Ben, do you have any affinity for this series? I don't think we've ever talked about Fast and Furious. Like, even when we were going through a bunch of movies, I don't think this was ever one we ever discussed, like back in when we were living near each other.
3: No, so there was a brief moment where I thought that you and I did watch these together, but then, of course, you said that you didn't watch them, yeah. and I was like, that must have been... Final Destination or
1: something. Yes, we definitely uh, did watch all the Final Destinations.
3: <laughs> uh, Fast and the Furious. I mean, I I watched it. Like, I went to theaters to see it when I was a kid. It was kind of a big. It was like a big deal when I was eleven that this movie that the cars glowed. I don't I don't really know why. Uh, and Lashawn, I'm going to have questions for you about that too. Underglow. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, I watched that. I watched the next one that came out. I think probably because my sisters had cr- a crush on Tyrese. So like, you know, we went as a family, as you do. <laughs>
1: I'm imagining and, your whole family where your sister's like, I really like this Tyrese guy. And they're like, well, pack up the car. We're going to the theater. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's more or less how it happened. Uh, and then Tokyo Drift, I, I remember liking quite a bit. I think because it diverged from the, I, I don't know, I guess from, from the first couple movies, I just liked that it like did something different. And then after that, I've lost track. So I can't tell you how many of them I've seen beyond that one because i i've probably seen a couple but it could have been the same one multiple times so i <laughs> fair I'm, I'm not sure
1: okay okay so so this is uh this might be a hot take but uh, since since i've i've put off watching this movie and i finally saw it this movie sucks like this movie straight up is almost painful to watch i think like it is so bland boring and unengaging like right off the bat that like I don't think this is like a, a incompetently made movie or anything, but I find it so bland, boring, and unengaging, it's almost painful. But then... Here's my, here's my big take on this movie. Out of all the people I've known for so long, and I tell them I've never seen the Fast and Furious movies except Tokyo Drift, there's two things they always say. They're like, oh, Tokyo Drift's the bad one, and then they say you should watch them all like in the order that they're supposed to be watched, because like I don't know. But the thing is, people are always like, you should watch them. It's this big franchise. And I one, I disagree with, I should watch anything. But all of these people who always told me to watch this movie, no one ever said to me, the most blatantly obvious thing that *The Fast and the Furious* from 2001 is nearly a shot-for-shot remake of 1991's *Point Break* from Catherine Bigelow. Point Break is a pretty good movie. It's not a great movie. It has problems. And this movie is like the dumb version of that film. And that's what really pushed this into like I might hate the Fast and the Furious because they took out everything that is inherently interesting about Point Break and just made it stupid. And that's what the Fast and the Furious is. So my whole kind of thesis in this episode is going to be why Fast and the Furious does everything Point Break did but worse and ineffectively. Has anyone seen Point Break with Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey, Patrick Swayze?
3: No, but I am familiar Did... with this the scene where I is it Keanu Reeves shoots his gun into the air? It, yes. I the yeah. Yes, because you've he, seen Hot he, Fuzz. <laughs> he lays there screaming and he shoots the gun into the air. Yeah, I've I've seen that that scene in Hot Fuzz.
1: Yeah. Zach, have you seen Point Break?
0: No, but your thesis that uh, this is a ripoff of like Point Break has been around for a while now. Like that is that is not a hot take. That That's is something that was like people complained about like in two thousand like thirteen when like the sixth movie came out. Everyone's just like, <laughs> this is Point Break but dumb, and it's like nobody cares. These movies make a billion dollars. Oh wait, Paul Walker died. billion dollars and that's all that matters rob
1: see that's what i found after i watched this movie and i started to realize i'm like oh this is legitimately point break like beat for beat pretty much there's a little difference at the setup like point break starts where you know that keanu reeves is the fbi agent and like paul walker we don't know right off the bat that he's the cop but once i watched it and did my research i'm totally with you zach so many people are like Oh, like one of my favorite reviews was someone said this should have been called Point Break, but Break spelled B R A K E, and I'm like, <laughs> "Yes." But my my big thing is everybody for years who have told me about these movies, no one ever told me that specifically. So maybe this Fast and the Furious and Point Break are so far removed and by the time Fast and the Furious becomes a franchise, everybody's forgotten Point Break. I mean, I don't know if people remember Point Break for – they probably don't remember it for a variety of reasons, but this is legitimately the dumb version of Point Break. Like, don't get me wrong. I am – I have an insane amount of respect for people that have completely unique ideas. The problem is that sometimes those unique ideas are let's make a dumb version of a good movie, and that's what this is. This movie sucks because it's so bland, and I hate it because it fails being a Point Break remake. Uh, I'm going to jump the ball and say right now because it'll come up again. This is not a late night movie. Go watch Point Break. Point Break is a better movie than this and it's the same goddamn movie. So- okay, okay.
0: I, I, I need to step in here. Rob, Rob's dictating, is framing this too much. I don't like it. Okay, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I think you're missing the point. Rob, what is the plot of this movie? Like, I, I think there's an element of schlock that you're not accounting for. What is it that Vin Diesel is trying to steal? What is it?
3: Uh, a family. DVD players, I believe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, this and, uh, is. I'm glad you brought well, up. Well, 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 okay, well, okay. Well, well, LaShawn, you've seen the franchise like I have. What is the plot of the eighth film? Summarize it in two sentences, three, if you have. To. As in, what is, is the goal anywhere near as clear? Oh, I'm sorry, similar to stealing DVD players in any of the latter films?
2: No, not even close.
0: There's a nuclear sub in the 8th film, Rob. There's They're a nuclear the sub. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, an 80-mile like mile runway in the 6th one, Rob. Like, like yeah, I think there's a level of just, like, stupidity is the thesis of this franchise. And people, like, in mass audiences have diluted themselves into thinking that this is, like, A-tier blockbuster. And I think, like, like at least I'm in on the joke. I don't know what was Sean's opinion on this franchise is, whether he, like... Like, it's supposed to be just goofy at best. I don't think this is meant to, like, be like, wow, look look at this crime caper. Look at this, like, oh, God, what would you even call this, neo-noir? Like, I don't think anyone's supposed to be taking this seriously.
1: So I'm glad you say that, because I think you're absolutely right. From what I've heard of the rest of the franchise, it is really goofy. Like, I know, I think I've talked about with people the fact that, like, Idris Elba in Hobbs and Shaw has, like, a Superman suit. Like, he has a suit that gives him superpowers. And I'm like... This sounds insane, you know? Maybe I would like the more goofiness of it. If if there's a level of schlock in this movie, I am totally not getting it because I I could not watch this movie without comparing it to Point Break. Like, I would need to watch this movie after getting, like, electroshock therapy to remove the existence of Point Break from my mind to see this movie any differently. So So that's why I'm glad we have three other people here who are not familiar as familiar with Point Break, that can talk about this movie in another form. Because if this was just me, I, I all I have, my whole entire notes are, are like, why why would they make these decisions when they did it better? My whole analogy for this movie is, imagine you had a vegetable that you wanted to peel, but you were bad at it. And you like peeled off too much of the vegetable, but somehow you left a lot of the imperfections that you should have actually gotten out with the peeler. And then when you're almost done peeling it, you drop it on the floor. The vegetable at the start is point break. It's not great. It has skin that you need to peel. But then you peeled it, you fucked it up, and you dropped it on the floor, and you get the Fast and the Furious. I'm so angered by it. It just should not exist. It bothers me on that level.
3: So I, I actually, I guess this is a question that maybe I've had for a long time and didn't know. I don't think I understand the way that you guys use the word schlock. Because as I understand it, schlock is cheaper, inferior goods or material or trash. In which case... Rob, from what you described, I think that you only see this movie as schlock.
1: I, I think we use schlock as a uh, as a sense of like fun goofiness, like fun. What's a good example of schlock? Like I haven't seen it, but Godzilla versus Kong. Evil I would Dead imagine that's schlock. Evil, Evil Dead, Dead Two is, is schlock. Yes, we've used that example when uh, Bruce Campbell is ju- is bouncing up and down with the uh, the zombie uh, deer head on the wall and stuff like that. So, I I don't know if I've ever thought a schlock is inferior. It's just in, like, you know, something you can laugh at.
3: Okay. All
1: right. Like, for example, I've heard that in one of the Fast and Furious movies, someone, like, hacks a bunch of cars... And there's, I've heard that there's a line of dialogue where when one team of people realizes this, they go, they jump on a computer terminal and go, "Well, we need to counter hack them." Like that to me is schlock because it's so stupid. <laughs> I want to laugh at it because it's like it's like th- great. it's one of those things where it's like the audience, the, the filmmakers are like, the audience is stupid and doesn't need to know these things, so we're going to push them through the door.
3: And uh, so you didn't you didn't think that about the uh, not double what was it granny shifting instead of double clutching like you should? You didn't think that was schlocky then? <laughs> <laughs> well, sean sees it, he knows.
1: <laughs> well, I think I think that's what I'm saying. I I could not view this movie in any other way shape or form than a comparison to Point Break. And I think that's that was my big blinder and block with this film because it is such a almost beat for beat recreation like everything. I mean, you got, you know, Keanu Reeves turns into Paul Walker, Patrick Swayze turns into Vin Diesel. Uh, Lori Petty turns into Jordana Brewster. Like it's almost a one-to-one transition and update, but it's just – like I said, they peeled, they fucked up peeling a vegetable and dropped it on my floor, on on a floor. They dropped it on my floor because I watched this in my apartment, and I, I just couldn't get over it. So am I am I alone in the absolute hatred of this movie? Are all three of you like this was fine?
0: <laughs> I, I think this is a, a, in thorough – like, a oh God. It's enjoyable. I don't think it's meant. If anybody's saying like, "Oh, you have to watch this to get the franchise," I don't think this this franchise is anything to be at the ground floor. Other than just understanding that Paul Walker like died in real life, and that just like elevated this to like a tier as like a franchise on the level of like Marvel, Star Wars, like DC. But no, the first movie. I think that's the joke is that like every single one of these movies gets crazier and crazier, like inexplicably. And like, look at where it began with them stealing DVD players with green glowy cars.
1: <laughs> I sure. I mean, I when you say that though, I would love to see something get crazier and crazier. But keep Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey and make that crazier and crazier and crazier. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Ball walker all day.
3: <laughs> I, so I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Paul Walker. And when he got wrapped around that that tree or telephone pole or whatever, I mean, it broke my heart. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. But to now that they're done yelling, can you tell us exactly what Undergo is and how it makes your car faster? And so, or lower to the ground?
2: <laughs> it does none of those things that you just ask there so it does not make it lower and it definitely doesn't make it faster but it's one of those things from like 90s like japanese culture even to this day that it's just kind of like a a lot of people you know they go to car shows they want to make their car look cool so it's just kind of like a mood lighting it sets the tone keeps your car looking sharp i guess it's not for me but it's definitely a 90s culture thing
3: do you think that it would help you rob semi-trucks
2: no, but it definitely is a chick magnet. They okay. they dig it. Trust me. Trust me. Okay. Do you think that it would help you get away from the scene of a crime without <laughs> getting caught? I feel like it makes it a little bit easier to find you. I'm not sure. I'm not. Sure. <laughs> All right, this is straight from the car expert, guys. I, just, I, just to... <laughs> I
1: I like that question, Ben. Would it would it have any any impact on the actual robbery scene? Uh, it seem it seems like no. In the opening robbery scene. I find it absolutely crazy that they, when they're shooting the, um, like what the, uh, the, the crossbow thing, the tether into the, into the truck to take out the windshield and then like latch onto the seat, the
3: land harpoon,
1: the <laughs> land harpoon, whatever we want to call it, they're least... pirates. Let's be honest, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, yeah, what you're definitely. The, uh, the exterior shots of this happening, you can see whoever's driving that truck looks. Totally uninterested in what's happening to his truck, like the windshield's being pulled out, shit's getting shot into his passenger seat, and the the stunt truck driver, whoever, is just stoically just in in the driver's seat, just like he doesn't even realize what's going on. Oh god. So I mean, I uh, did you guys like this movie? Are you with uh, Are you with Zach that it's enjoyable?
3: Uh, I didn't I didn't like it as much as I did when I was 11. Uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> but I, I I didn't hate it. I mean, at some point. I realized that I was no longer paying attention to it, and I had started drawing, so I had to, like, watch it again. So, I mean, it's it didn't, like, keep my attention super well, but it, I didn't hate it actively. I did, I mean, I did notice a lot of stuff that's wrong, and I'm not a car expert, but I'm, I'm pretty aware that, for one, nitrous oxide is not flammable.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> you, know, you know, things like that. My worldview has been upended. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I definitely, like... I, and I guess something
3: else that kind of that kind of kept me involved is, like, Captain Leland Stottlemyre from Monk is in this.
1: I almost <laughs> lost my mind when Ted Levine showed up. Two things. Let's, I should add that to the list. All the people who told me I need to watch Fast and Furious, no one told me it was a ripoff of Point Break. And no one told me Ted Levine was in it. Like, I have a note that's literally, Ted Levine is in this. I just wish he had more to do other than to tell Paul Walker not to have a cigarette because the movie yeah, has time well, for that.
3: <laughs> I don't know why they told him not to have a cigarette. So, somebody just give me a cigarette. Get him a cigarette. Don't get him a cigarette. What about you, quit? Yeah, I did quit. Just give me a cigarette. Get him a cigarette. No. But no, I, I've actually been watching Monk recently. So when I I heard his voice, I was like, "Is that Stottlemyre? <laughs> uh, yes. And yes. And then I saw his face, and I was like, "He looks way different than he did in Monk." But I think that's him. So yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't I didn't hate it. I'm not as you know, just in a Southland Hills about it.
2: Lechon, <laughs> well, what'd you think? So for me, I would say that. It's kind of like you said, uh, being 11 or so. But for me, I guess, I don't even know how old I was at that time. But it's kind of like seeing your high school friends make YouTube videos and then get signed by some crazy movie production studio and then make it big but still suck. Um, And so it kind of feels like that to me. And it's like I feel like I grew up with the franchise. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Paul Walker, when he had this car, but now he's driving, you know, Lamborghinis. I was there when he was driving a Civic. Like, oh, yeah, this is so cool. That's that's really it for me. If it wasn't for that, I'd have no interest in these movies.
3: That's solid. I, I like that. I feel like you grew up with them. Look, looking back at your homies, like, oh, man, those videos that you guys used to make, they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you guys didn't know anything about making internet videos.
1: So, I mean, okay, so I kind of figured I was going to be... The, the most negative on this movie, and uh, and we, I I will have comparisons to make between this and Point Break as we go through it. I I have to say we have to get out. You know maybe the good things, the things I like about this movie. Uh, surprisingly, they're not they're not very many, so I'll get them out of the way. I actually really like Paul Walker and Vin Diesel in this movie. They are doing pretty well with terrible terrible script. Uh, Paul Walker I haven't seen a lot of. Vin Diesel, I always think of as, you know, rough, gravelly, cannot-act man. I mean, Ben and I on the Patreon, recent or not recently, I think a while ago, discussed Bloodshot, which I know our final conclusion of that movie was it revels in its mediocrity. But Vin Diesel is just like... I feel like he's so gruff you can barely understand him and and you know then he t- he literally becomes Groot where he has one thing to say and I actually was like surprised that I could understand what he was saying and he did pretty good in this role. Paul Walker I also thought was absolutely great. Everybody else was kind of just okay. I mean Michelle Rodriguez does that thing where every role she ever plays her choice is to never close her mouth. I don't understand why she walks around with her mouth open all the time. And uh, if any of you guys come back and say, well, no, there's a few scenes where she closes her mouth, that is a trick of the light that's done in post-editing uh, to make the movie more coherent. But <coughs> I, I think the performances are really the only, only thing I really liked about this movie was that it was, it was they were fine. I was surprised, I think, by Paul Walker and Vin Diesel's performance, and they do have fairly good chemistry together. That might be the only thing i like about this movie
2: <laughs> you brought up a good point there rob and i'd say that for me if you if you were in the car culture and stuff those characters are at car meets there is a vin diesel that just walks oh, around and okay. you don't know what he's saying but he drives a nice car and you're just like <laughs> dude nice cars like, hey, and just like, <laughs> me, man. i know what you mean and then there's a Letty, and then you're just like oh wow a chick at a car meet and she's like yeah more than just a chick and ready to fight you and then you're like all right i'm just gonna move He's gonna leave <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that's pretty interesting that's pretty interesting um maybe i guess i should say the one
1: other thing i can't really say i liked it about this movie i just found it so comical after a while they say the phrase race wars a lot in this film and that caught me way off guard <laughs> yeah i guess they do uh so who wants to go
3: to the race wars? <laughs> i owe you a 10 second car i can't lose it racehorse that's that's the s- summary of the movie, I think, right there.
1: I mean, other than that, I I think the the big thing for me is that you know one as not as really like we said already, like not as a car person. Like I know Lashawn knows this. We've talked about it. The thing I care about a car, I don't care how it looks. It has to get me where I'm where I want to go. Like that's my biggest thing about a car. I'm never too big on like the outward aesthetics. I just want it to work. I'm fine with that. I can kind of see if you are a car person that this would like pull you in, but. Here's my first big comparison to Point Break. Point Break is a surfing movie. I'm not into surfing. I've never surfed once in my life. I can't even remember if I've ever seen anybody surf in real life. But the way that they depict surfing and they depict you know Keanu Reeves as the FBI agent, the undercover uh, officer, being pulled into the criminal lifestyle in Point Break, that all works. He is truly being seduced. Like when I watch Point Break, I am sold on surfing i'm like wow i want to surf i might i know i'll break my neck if i try it but i'm like this movie sells me on the the whole point the world that they're living in this movie does nothing for me i don't want to drag race like i don't want to block traffic as much as they do even though the movie completely ignores it which is another thing I, i hated about this movie it seems like there's a bajillion cars in L.A. where they are, where they're doing all these street races. The entire movie, they only inconvenience one Pizza Hut delivery man. I wish there were more scenes of people being like, you can't block off so much road. Like, I wanted them to be bothered by this. And it's just one pizza guy who's just angry that he can't get through. And that pizza guy is also the director of the movie in his cameo. <laughs>
3: um, and he says something like goddamn street races or something like that? Yes. Yeah. I, the the way he delivers that line, I mean, it, it makes it sound like this is a really common occurrence. <laughs> sure. It's
1: like, sure.
3: this is like this, you know, the same level of, of emotion he would have towards like seeing a cockroach or um, it's like, I don't know. Soccer hooligans came to mind when he said it. It's like, it's goddamn true. The goddamn soccer hooligans. Like these people just, I don't know. Anyway, that, that was my take on that scene is it just felt really weird. He was like, this is really normal. And I know what you are.
1: Sure. Sure. I mean, like I said, I'm not sold on street racing. I think one of the reasons that it works so well in Point Break is that it's seen as, like, this spiritual experience where it's, like, you're really connecting with nature. Like, Patrick Swayze's the Vin Diesel analog. Like, that's the whole idea. I have
3: to stop you there. Vin Diesel lives his life a quarter mile at a time. I mean, it is, is that... very spiritual.
1: So, I mean, uh, well, they it's there. They not
3: showed us that. I but...
1: totally believe that's part of the, of the vegetable that they peeled way too much off of. Like, they peeled way too much because, like, that's whole Patrick Swayze's character is that, you know, it's his connection to nature while he's surfing and, like the, like I said, a seduction into that lifestyle. Vin Diesel's just like, my dad blew up, I beat up a guy, and now I live my my life a quarter mile at a time. And I'm just like, yeah, but then the rest of the movie, like, other surfers in Point Break talk about that spiritual aspect. Every All the other drivers in Fast and the Furious are just like... The only way you can do this effectively is if you spend a lot of money, and i 'm not like I want to spend a lot of money <laughs> like this movie doesn 't make me say, "Oh, and this is where all my income's going to go is to illegal drag racing, and so I get so like you know strung out that i 'm going to bet the pink slip of my car eventually like I, it was just such a different world, and I wanted this to drag me into street racing more than it actually did because I get it it should have been the rush, it should have been about going fast. I would have loved that a lot more. And instead, in the scenes where we have to see cars going fast, the camera is so shaky, I felt like I was going to have a seizure. I felt like I was having a seizure in some of these scenes. I, I, It didn't work for me at all. It was just like... And then, and then, to the movie even says it, to support their habits, they have to steal DVD players. I don't want to have to steal DVD players. If I want to surf, I just need the ocean, a board, and I got to hope I don't break my neck. That's a lot easier to do. <laughs>
2: so I got a question for you guys then. So... Have you guys seen, what's it, Ford versus Ferrari? Did that make you guys want to go become, you know, car enthusiasts Ooh. and drive cars and race and stuff?
1: I have not seen that. Oh, darn. I, I haven't either. Darn. I, I,
0: I saw that movie. I found it painfully bland. I don't remember any <laughs> any part of it other than Christian Bale is very angry throughout it, which can be said throughout for most of his roles. <laughs>
2: See, for us in the so the big thing that the car community is like we they we had like literally guys lining up. We would take all our cars and go watch Ford versus Ferrari when it first came out. And, you know, things like that. And there's a, the first movie is so great because a lot of that stuff is pretty legit for the most part. Um, you know, we usually have a cop in the car group that tells us where the cops are. We usually have a lawyer that gets us out of tickets you know, there's those are real things or we'll usually have certain roads where we know that we can block off and, you know, go street racing. I'm not saying that we do that, but I'm saying I've heard those things. And uh, <laughs> it, it's I guess the movie just kind of brings that stuff to the big screen. And you're like, wow, you know, we're a movie about street racing. You don't get that. People talk about like the cool things, but not street racing. And I guess if it just doesn't click for you, it just never will. I don't think.
1: Sure. that That's fair. That's a good point as well. I mean. I I guess we have to say that, you know, to some extent, this did click with people. I mean, it spawned the franchise. I know the franchise goes through some problems after a few entries, but this movie did insanely well in 2001. So maybe it did. Maybe the, the whole car street racing thing did drag people in. I mean, maybe some people were like, oh, it is really cool that we just get to own this stretch of road or something like that. Um, it just it just didn't work for me at all. So, but I, I I guess we have to say it worked for the masses, of course. But I I mean, then that raises the question, you know, by the eighth movie, like Zach said, with the the nuclear sub or whatever, is that making people want to go get a nuclear sub or something like that, or save the no, world, it's, or stop <laughs> a
2: nuclear sub? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of just like you know, you see a lot of superhero movies, um, and they're from comic books and stuff, but these are like people that you're like, wow, like I could possibly one day get called by the FBI to help them with a secret mission somewhere in France to go save some world something. I don't know. But it could happen. You know, it happens on TV all the time. So I feel like that's the thrill. I think
0: that's what it was. They they rebra- they rebranded the franchise. They took it from just, like, kind of, like, street racing culture, and they made it into, like, espionage espionage spy thriller. Okay. And I think that's what happened to it. They rebranded it because it did, it ran out of steam. Like you have the the first film is successful for that summer. Then two years later, they kind of rush a sequel into production. And then like three years later, nobody involved wants anything to do with it. And then it's like Vin Diesel kind of has to lick his wounds after Chronicles of Riddick-like bombs. And so he comes back to the franchise and, like, it makes more money than the first film did eight years earlier. And then it's like by the – because that's the thing, too. They, they had pretty consistent, uh, consistent directors, or they did at one point. And then – because that was all James Wan. No, I'm sorry. What, Justin Lin Justin for a couple Lin, of years and James yeah. Wan got – then James Wan, like, did the seventh film, which had, like, the nightmare of, like, having to, like, wrap up, like, Paul Walker dying in the narrative after they shot the film. And it's, like, oh, God. There's like, that was, like, a huge, like, Hollywood, like, debacle. Like, well, like, the story was, like, they could have written off that entire movie. Like, they were insured to basically be, like, re, like God, recoup their entire budgetary expense on that and reshoot a whole other seventh film. Like, well, if you do that, it looks bad because, like, it show, like you, you can't get the character, like, a send-off – and then basically they went with the see you again, like,
1: like ending. Sure. Doesn't John Singleton direct one of these? Yeah. The second one. That's that. Okay. That that's the only one I might watch. Cause that's just crazy that the guy who starts with boys in the hood and higher learning eventually directs a fast and furious movie. That's crazy to me.
0: I think Rob, the problem is that you're not looking at this as if it's just fun. Like this is the equivalent. Like this is the definition to me of like a popcorn movie is like, it's hot out. You go to the theater and you just sit there, just relax for two hours. Like, you're not – supposed. Like it's not turning your brain off because I know you're going to have a problem with that. But I think it's the equivalent of having a soda on a hot day. Like, I, it has no nutritional value. It's there to cool you off for, like, ten minutes, and you go about your way. I don't think there's any sort of – and like I said, I think the franchise moves so far away from that introductory chapter that to completely just kind of, again, this is not high art. I don't think anybody who likes these movies, like the amount of T&A in this <laughs> franchise is insane. Because like, even by like the seventh film, they're still doing that. And everyone's just like, like, are they like are they for real? Like, do they really think that's what people are there for? Like, back in 2001, that was just like something that they threw in. But
1: anyway, though, I kind of like
0: pinballed around, though. But yeah, I think this is like kind of like a Coke, like, like drinking a Coke on a hot summer day. Like, that's all this is.
1: You are definitely right that I'm not seeing it as fun because I don't think it is fun. I totally agree with you. This would be like, oh, if someone's like, here's a cold soda to enjoy for 10 minutes, and it turns out that they gave you antifreeze. Like this, this is not enjoyable. Like if I saw this in theaters, I would be throwing my popcorn at the at the movie. You know what's a good? You spend two hours, you have some fun. Point Break. The movie exists. It's a dumb action movie that's fun. It, it already exists. This is the worst version of that. I see
2: so until you steal a DVD player. No.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's. No, I, I think the analogy is more for me is more like they offered me what I thought was a soda, and it turned out to be tea. Like I'm just a little bit
2: confused.
1: <laughs> fair, fair. I mean, yeah, I don't. But like I said at the start, I think I'm so I'm so blocked into comparing this to Point Break that I can't see it any other way. But that's that's, that's is that the you movie's fault, though,
0: Rob? Is, Is that, that the, the movie's, movies-
1: fault? Yes, I completely think so. I completely think it's Rob Cohen, one of the most uninspired directors in the world. That's It's totally the movie's fault.
0: Is it worth noting that probably if the audience this movie was made for was not made for people who had seen Point Break? Ah, uh,
1: that's – yeah. This, that's was year olds. this was
0: made for 14-year-olds. This was made for 14-year-olds that just wanted to go to the movies. And they wanted to see some cars go vroom, vroom. They wanted to see glow-in-the-dark cars and Vin Diesel say – family (laughs) like that's it like it's it's just like it's fodder for teenagers rob like that's the thing like this is not high art this is not made to be scrutinized and but like uh, the fun from this like and again LaShawn hit the nail on the head it's a like you have the majority opinion be like oh like it's watching these characters like their humble roots or like look at them like oh paul walker's going into like Dominic Toretto's little like cafe, like bodega where he orders a tuna fish sandwich every day. And then like juxtapose that to like the seventh film, like he said, like they're driving like, Oh God, what they're in Abu Dhabi and they're driving like what? a Lamborghini out of, like, a 150-story window. <laughs> like, I think there's that level of juxtaposition where, like, people are just like, oh, like, look at look at how humble these roots were. And then even the idea, like, like the climax of this film is, like, a guy gets, like, shot in the arm and he has to be airlifted to a hospital. That is the climax of the film.
3: Uh, he's not shot in the arm. He's shot in his flank and he, <laughs> his arm is injured because it was wrapped around a coil or a, a wire. Just, I was hoping ben, he gets put, shot ben, everywhere. Ben, you put,
0: Man, you put more thought into that one sentence than I think the the screenwriters put into the entire film that, for a year and
3: a half. That cannot be true because that sentence is almost directly from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker says that <laughs> he, he says he was shot in his in his left flank, I think, I, which I thought was a weird way to describe the body part of a person.
1: Zach, I totally know what you're saying about this being fodder, but that makes me hate it more. They they peeled the vegetable. They could have just washed it. They Justin, peeled it so- too much. <laughs> this movie is terrible.
0: You want to Okay, I want everyone to know this. As somebody who's known Rocky here the longest, there was a time. I will never forget this in our eleventh grade English class, where our teacher was going around the room. And I forget the context, but I know I remember Rob's answer very, very vividly. Our teacher asked something like normal English teachers do, and Rob said, "Fiction serves no purpose because it's not based in fact." And she just literally stared into space and moved on to the next person. And it's like <laughs> I think Rob is kind of missing the forest through the trees with this one. Is it like this? This does not serve a higher purpose. It's not intended to. Compete with anything else It's just It's like Drinking Okay Rob Let me try it this way This is not a A cold Coca-Cola On a hot summer day It's a flat Lukewarm one Is that a more Apt comparison for you? Are you
1: willing to at least Definitely a more apt comparison, I don't yes. think
0: it's—but you're trying to say—I think you're more like, oh, it's rancid. I don't think it's rancid. I think it's maybe just more flat for you than anything else.
1: Yeah, flat's a, a good—like, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I don't think this is, like, a, a wholly incompetent movie. Some of the shaky cam is really bad, I think. But, I mean, Rob Cohen is a director. I don't think he's, a, a, like, an inspired director. But, I mean, he knows how to put a camera somewhere and put everything in focus, so— <laughs> I mean, you know, this is no like Shrek or Beverly Hills Cop or anything like that. It's just, it's just not what I was expecting at all. In the sense that it, it's the. Like I said, I think this is why we need uh, you guys because I'm so tunneled into the point break thing that it is – it is such a ripoff of that and does everything in a more worse way. So flat is probably the way to put it. Um, flat soda or, like I said, the the vegetable you dropped on the floor.
0: OK, but my question is for, like, LaShawn, who's the only other person here who has any sort of just, like, familiarity in, like – Oh, God, affinity for this franchise. Do you think, obviously, you've known Rob the second longest here. Do you think if he watched any of the other entries, the more absurd ones, do you think he would come to appreciate this franchise more? Or do you think he would despise it more?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I would say that he would come to like it. Um, I know he's not a huge, the whole Michael Bay thing, explosions and all that. But I'm with you, Zach. I think there's a time and place for it. And that's why they always release these movies during the summertime. I feel like if Rob came in with, like, an open mind and was like, I just want to, you know, get lost and just let them entertain me, like, whatever they do, I just want to let them entertain me, I think he would love the later movies.
0: I think he would love the absurdist elements, at the very least. He'd just be like, like, what the hell is going on? I think he would just, it, it's, it's thrill ride entertainment. I don't think Point Break is meant to be a thrill ride. Oh, I, there may be a couple sequences here and there.
1: Sure. I don't disagree that I, I might like the goofiness and, and what you're saying about the la- the later things in the franchise. I don't think s- enjoying any of that schlock or goofiness will change my opinion on this movie.
0: No, I, I that, but that's the thing, though. I think LaShawn hit the nail on the head in that this first film is just kind of like – it's not the foundation. It's just kind of like the forward like in the franchise. It's not even the first chapter. It's just kind of like, oh – it feels, like, weirdly, like, the prequel... Okay. For Too Fast, Too Furious, they made a prequel film. That was film in quotation marks. That's six minutes long. That, like, like connects the Fast and the Furious to Too Fast, Too Furious. It's actually pretty clever because it has no dialogue. It's just watching, like, Paul Walker get from, like, California to Miami. And, and it's kind of like... It's kind of... That's what this film feels like. It feels like a forward, almost. It's just kind of there to kind of just set the table for the more extreme things that will come, like, later on down the line. It's like what Mad Max is to, like, Mad Max Fury Road. It feels—you know, it's the first film in the franchise. It feels now almost like an afterthought because look at how far it's grown since its inception.
1: Okay, I like that comparison to Mad Max and Mad Max— well, I mean, the first Mad Max to any other Mad Max, basically. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I think that's the other thing is that, you know— Maybe not unfortunately, but differently from the other things that we've done in this in this 2001 Fort year, I, I did not go watch like any other Fast and the Furious movies where, you know, like for Tomb Raider, I watched a lot of Tomb Raider stuff. For Hannibal, I watched almost, I think, no, yeah, every Hannibal Lecter movie and stuff like that. Maybe one day I'll see some goofiness later on. I don't know. This seems like something where, you know, if LaShawn and I are hanging out, he's going to be like, well, guess what? We have to watch one of the later Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> I, I I'm with you, I would probably enjoy some of the goofiness, but i'm I came into this discussion just with this first one, so i can't I can't say anything else
0: <laughs> but not not to exclude Ben from this because it was one more follow-up question for the because he's the only person here I can kind of like relate to with any of this. Do you think that like like is there a particular like entry in this franchise that you think Rob would en- like enjoy the most? like would it be like Rio de Janeiro and they are dragging a safe through the streets? Would it be the eighty mile like,
2: runway? that's actually one of my favorites I'm not gonna lie um, I like it because they use the cars as props um, versus using the cars as like a personality and to me that they pretty much balanced that movie pretty well and I feel like that's the tipping point where right after that movie they started they had to step it up and get elaborate so I'd say that's probably a good spot where I think Rob would like that where it's like a balance of character development you know some pretty decent plot a little bit of action a little bit of The Cars, a little bit of Pretty Women. Like, it's just a pretty balanced movie.
1: Which one is that, 57? Fe- <laughs> 57 Fast, 57 Furious? <laughs> but that's
0: the thing, though, Rob, is that, like, in the fifth movie, which I think I said is the best one in the franchise, objectively the best, there's a plot point in that where a crime lord grabbing Gal Gadot's ass while she's uh, wearing a bikini is a plot point. Like, that is a legit <laughs> plot point. And you can't help but laugh at that, being like okay like like they actually went for this like this is a legit plot point in the film and i'm just like this is stupid like it's it's objectively dumb but i love just how brazen it is and that's where like i'm willing to concede like and to me that's no different than like oh what's the climax of this film they're stealing dvd players with glowy cars okay like that's where that's where i'm like okay i admit that it's dumb i'm just not like discarding it like wholeheartedly
1: okay so that no you that's you bring up good points for sure I this is not on my list for any any of these movies are not on my list for anytime soon but but you're convincing me that there's there's something in them it does the franchise I guess my question is does the franchise continue I don't know how to describe it exactly I think the example of it in this movie which I really disliked is that the movie had time for you know, one of our characters to explain that he has ADD and did bad in school. It has time for him to bet his pink slip and lose horrendously at the race wars. I forget his his character's name. Jesse. Jesse Pinkman. Uh, Jesse Pinkman. Not <laughs> <laughs> if this, I was thinking that if this movie came out, like, you know, uh, years after this, like if this was a late 2000s movie, that would have been played by Aaron Paul, that character, for sure. But that's, that's something I hated about this movie. I'm like, does, why does the movie have time for this? Like, I don't care about this other member of their crew because like the mem their members of their crew are you know love interest in vin diesel michelle rodriguez who's you know another love interest and then guy who's an asshole and guy with add and i couldn't care less about the last two
0: (laughs) but i think i think the thing about jesse though is that jesse's there to show like vin diesel is just a brute he does care about even like the lesser members of his crew i think it's there to show like okay like the family that's that's what this family's about. Filming, you are you are Florida. not
1: you are absolutely not wrong, and I think that's what the movie's trying to do at the end when when the guy who's an asshole is hanging off of the truck in like the last heist scene, and everybody like their whole you know goal becomes oh we don't need to rob this truck we need to save our dude, and I'm like why should I care about the guy who was an asshole for so long? But they want us to care about it because Vin Diesel cares about it. Like they they don't care. Like, the movie isn't focused on, you know, his crew members. They're focused on the fact that he cares about his crew members. And the movie tries to do that and I think fails. And once again, that is the point at the end of Point Break where we don't care about Patrick Swayze's crew when they get shot. We just care that Patrick Swayze cares about them. And I, I, I didn't feel that way for this movie where at the end, you know, when, like, James LeGros gets shot and he's, like, jumping out – he's going to die when he jumps out of the plane at the end of Point Break – It's like, well, he can die, I don't care, but you can tell how busted up and broken up and sad that uh, Patrick Swayze is. And with Vin Diesel, I'm just like, I guess the other part of this is that I know there's a bajillion more movies after this one. That really reduced the tension while I was watching this movie that anything really could go wrong. Like, I I know that almost everybody is going to show up again at one point or another. So I definitely had that in the back of my head as well.
0: I think the other part of it too is that, like, I, I again, you're not wrong. Like, I don't care about like any of the crew. I really don't. Cause even like Michelle
1: Rodriguez is a non entity in it.
0: Like, the only thing she was known for, what, Girl Interrupted by this time? She, like, the, really her major like stake in Hollywood. Sure.
1: Yeah. And this is, this is even like three or four years before she shows up on Lost. Yeah, is, I think now well, I, uh, people know we're from Lost or the Fast and the Furious franchise and Avatar, Rob. Come on, Rob. Remember she oh, blows up Avatar. How can I forget? She get she blows up. She an blows an up Avatar. <laughs>
0: but no, you're not wrong. But I think like, again, it goes back to even the thing you've conceded is that like the Paul Walker Vin Diesel chemistry is electric. Yes, and I think like like even I like knowing how this franchise plays out, knowing that like there's a ninth film, and like I'm watching it, and like when Vin Diesel like like hears Paul Walker say like like officer you caught Bri- Brian O'Connor blah blah blah, and you just see Vin Diesel like Vin Diesel like as much as like a meathead that he is, he's a pretty solid physical actor, just like conscious with his body posture. And I like, and that's like, even like something I know I've known forever about this franchise. That was a really fun moment for me just watching just like his visceral, physical reaction to like Paul Walker saying that I'm like, that's neat. That's captivating. Even if the film is just kind of just schlock at best. There is, there's a reason why this film, this franchise resonates. And I think there's a lot of like the foundation of that in this. And again, it's built on the backs of Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. And ever since Paul Walker died, I think a lot of the, God, this is, this franchise is kind of running on fumes right now. It's just kind of living on spectacle, um, which I think is going to carry it for the foreseeable future, oddly enough. But I do think it's all rooted in that chemistry. And I think that's that's what makes that's what people enjoyed about this film and it goes back to LaShawn's thing of like it's like hang like seeing your friends when they were making YouTube videos.
1: Sure, sure. No, I, I have to admit, that moment you brought up when when uh, Vin Diesel learns that Paul Walker's a cop, good moment. Like that's the that's one of those moments that I'm watching and I'm like, wow, Vin Diesel has has the ability to put on a good performance somewhere in him. Uh, I just think it's, you know, it might have just been back in 2001. I really think it is The Chronicles of Riddick, which is the second Riddick movie, what, two years after this? That's when the gravelly voice thing happens, and I I fundamentally cannot understand anything he's saying in movies after that point, I think. It gets so well, ridiculous. But
0: but that's the thing, though. Like, Vin Diesel, like, had a couple of, like, really—because everyone forgets, like, he kind of got hit, and he got— like hollywood discovered because was in saving private ryan he stands out pretty well in that you know i think he dies early on well he's
1: in something before that zach we can't we can't not talk about how he is the voice of the iron giant which most people seem to not know (laughs)
0: <laughs> I thought Saving Private Ryan was what the same year before that. I thought it the
1: same year. I, I don't. It could be the same year. I thought Iron Giant was first, but uh but whatever. The, Iron the, the Giant and being, Saving Private Ryan. Yes, you're right. But
0: but the point yes. being is that like he thought that was like, like Vin Diesel's like oh I'm above this franchise like because at the heart Vin Diesel is a nerd like he just loves like geeky like like just stuff and so like the idea of doing the car thing like he felt that was kind of like not ideal for him. He didn't want to be typecast as kind of like a dumb brute and that's where like chronicles of riddick bombs in 2004 and he kind of has to like lick his wounds a few years later and go back to this franchise and then he realizes like oh this is my money ticket and that's when he starts getting into the fight with like the rock over like who gets like the handle on this franchise like the rock pretty much vin diesel tells universal like it's either me or the rock and after the rock gets like his own like spin-off franchise and you won't see him any of the more like oh god what the uh, established installments or the main installments and that's the thing like it, it becomes more the vin diesel show which the ninth film is clearly setting up by the fact that like the big plot reveals like john cena's like his long lost brother which there is like i love that in this franchise this is something that's never established that that vin diesel has siblings <laughs> i love that it's just like oh man like, you, like you've had this long lost brother for 50 something years
1: yeah no you're right. i'm glad you bring up the vin diesel being a uh uh, a nerd type of thing because after he starts making all his money from, you know, being uh fast and furious man, um, Groot, uh, and then bloodshot and stuff. I think it might've been before bloodshot though. He didn't, what's his movie that he made. It's, um, the last witch hunter. And it's literally just, he wrote it like, yeah, he played D and D with his friends and then wrote a script while he was playing D and D and made a movie out of it. So, I mean, good, good for Vin Diesel. I mean, he found what he's good at and, and he can do it. I just wish, he did more of what I saw him doing in this movie, and I also wish that he had better scripts to work with. I, I think that's another problem: is that I don't think he can deliver a- anything. He's more like you said that physical moment when he has to just look at Paul Walker, and and you can see all that, all those emotions in his face and his in his body posture, and that's great. And then I think you know, then we get he gets fed garbage in this movie specifically. I was. Like I, I was screaming at my television when you know him and like Paul Walker says to him like, oh, what was with those guys that just blew up my car, and he's like, it's a long story. And Paul Walker goes, well, we got to walk twenty miles, so tell me. And he goes, business deal went south, and I slept with his sister. And I was like, that's the long story. I was like, go fuck yourself, movie. Like, and then and then Vin Diesel can't even play that as as comedy, you know? That that's clearly if they were more self aware, something that should have been very, very funny, but Vin Diesel's saying it like matter of factly or something. And and I think that shows that eventually he just becomes Groot and just has to say one word with slightly different inflection for years to come. And and it's, it's like that, that's what he, he's good at, I think. It's, he's more of that physical actor, which is where I think something Ben and I, we might have mentioned briefly. I don't remember when we watched Bloodshot. It was so long ago. But at least he is physical, and he can play that kind of superhero type stuff. I think it's when he's you know, trying to be like, Guy Pierce why are you using me for da- bad things? That's when that movie Bloodshot falls apart, when he has to give exposition and stuff like that.
0: Poor Ben just like, I give up. Ben's just like, I don't want any parts of this. I'm above all this. I think Ben is doing the, the right thing in watching Point Break car. right now. <laughs> Ben's watching a boot like a Fast and Furious 9.
2: He's like, I, I need I to be caught it. up on this. I got a random question for Ben since he asked me a car question. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, Ben, the scene where there's the Ferrari versus the Toyota Supra, did that make you feel any sort of way? And do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I do.
3: The uh, the douchebag in the in the Ferrari who's just like you couldn't afford this car.
2: The producer then, of the film, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, did that do anything for you? Did that wake you up? Did it make you feel alive? Like, did it did it thrill you?
3: Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed the like fuck you douchebag in a nice car who thinks that this Toyota can't do shit against him, and also who probably doesn't know anything about the car he's driving. Like, I definitely got that kind of feeling from it. And I, I might have I
2: had a small orgasm. Of course, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell the difference these days. <laughs> but that scene is like, the, for a lot of us car guys, we have like our hero car. And uh, this this is probably something that you're going to be like, Rob, Rob you're going to be like, what are you talking about? But we have like these cars where it's like, alright, you're in high school, you know, your dream car, this is what you would put on a poster. But then you have like your realistic car, like you know, what am I going to own as an adult? And then you have these crazy exotics where you're like, I'll never have one of those. And so in the car community, a lot of the guys that go out to the junkyard or spend 20000 on a car and put, which is crazy, they put lots of money into those cars because they will never be able to buy the exotic ones. And then they race the exotic cars. And when they win, it's a huge victory. It's like, you know, that's it's like, oh, I'm making it in the world. I'm, I'm still up there with like the people that, you know, are the elites And so it kind of, like, that scene is, like, super important because it's a huge thing versus, like, built cars versus bought cars. And I feel like the movie uses, you know, the cars as personality. And it sounds weird, but it works because it blinds you from whatever acting is going on and you're like, whoa, that car just beat that car. Forget about the crappy dialogue they just had at that light because that was weird. Nobody talks like that, but... (laughs) the the gist of it is that something cool just happened and you're like whoa a supra that's you know sixty thousand dollars beat a hundred and thirty thousand dollar car wow yeah
3: and i mean i definitely have have run into those people in my life where i'm just like i feel like everything was bought for you or or money is is how you think you're valuable and and the hard work that goes into something can be lost on them and so like i mean i took a little bit of uh Joy, I would even say, in, like, knowing that somebody who just thought they could buy their way to greatness
2: got showed up. Oh, yeah. And that, like, Rob, you were saying earlier, I can't remember what you said exactly, but using, like, the character development of, like, Vin Diesel, there's, like, a lot of random things that are thrown in there. And if you care, you care. If you don't, you don't. But... It is kind of nice to see that he's like, oh, you know, I'm still humble. I've got my family. You know, I care about people. I love people. Even though he's, like, a cool badass, he's still got sure. this big heart. And I feel like that's just a cliche character that people, like, gravitate to. They're like, this is a big tough guy that likes to hug his sister and tell her he loves her. Like, that's cute. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely see what you're saying. That scene, the scene where um, they all have, like, dinner together outside before they watch a movie— memorable (laughs) that 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 is the one scene where i'm like okay they did this as well as point break did it but i don't think that scene's tough to emulate it's showing that there's a community like whether or not they're criminals or whatever they it's showing that they have this little community this family and you know it's like it's like night surfing and then hanging around the fire in point break here it's just like this dinner and it is a really neat moment when you know asshole character comes back, and he's like, yeah, I guess I want to eat some food, and they're all like, yes, you're always welcome here, and stuff like that. Like, that, that is successful to some extent. I just, I, I wanted more towards that end. I wanted more of, like, you know, Vin Diesel caring about him, whereas I think it focuses too much, like, on the Jesse character, where he's um, he's just like, you know, engines make sense to me, and I flunked out of school, and it turns out I have ADD and stuff. I would have liked Vin Diesel to have been in that scene, because that scene is just Jesse telling it to Paul Walker, and I don't care about Jesse. I care about how Vin Diesel like takes care of these people. So I think there was a slight disconnect there. But uh, on the on the Ferrari scene, I'm totally with you guys. That I that is always a good moment. Like you know, it's like if you you can't just you know buy the fast car, you have to actually put some work into it. Even though this movie posits that you have to buy things to be able to put the work into it <laughs> as well. Um, this this dude uh, Neil Moritz, the producer of the movie, who gets that line, he's just like, you can't afford this car. And it's it's clear that the movie's playing, you know, that little laugh moment where it's like, well, this dude in the Ferrari probably has no goddamn clue what any of these people are doing in their garages and what we've seen happening in the rest he, of the movie. He doesn't even know how
3: to double clutch.
1: <laughs> and that, and that is, that's a nice little moment. I mean, that's a nice little, you know, touch of, it's like, oh, you know, we get to see how they interact kind of this community with the rest of the world. This movie's not without its moments, and and I think that's kind of like the the thing that it's copying from Point Break in a good way, where there are these little character moments to try and get it to flesh out, but I don't think it earns it by the end of the movie. Like, because when, because Jesse's established, we have the whole thing that Jesse bets his pink slip during the race wars, he loses it in the race wars, he just drives into the the void or whatever, we don't see him for a while. But then he shows up at the end and he gets shot in the drive-by, it looks like, and I'm like that's it that's all we get for the end of that character and it but at that point in the movie I think they don't care they know to focus on Vin Diesel and and it kind of just just goes on from that point which is why I found those you know Jesse and the asshole character a little weird because they were so much less focused on than the, the the main part of the group I guess if that makes any sense oh there's also the scanner dude I forgot him Leon Le- Le- yeah, okay, sure. you Leon. haven't mentioned him at all I totally forgot about him <laughs> Speaking of characters, I wish we had more Jaw Rule. Uh, The scenes of Jaw Rule in the uh, the first drag race scene, he looks comically small for the car he's in. I thought the way they framed him made him look like he needed a booster seat or something. (laughs) (laughs) But I know, uh, yeah, Monica, (laughs) (laughs) so I know that um, what like we were talking about before, um, you know, Tyrese shows up in the later ones. I know that uh, what's it. Uh, what is it, LL Cool J? He shows up in the later ones. Ludicrous?
2: Uh, Ludacris. Ludacris.
1: That's no Ludacris is who I'm thinking of. Oh, the See, second,
0: LL Cool J <laughs> Le, is the franchise.
1: LaShawn, I'm tainted from watching. Yeah, exactly. LaShawn, I'm tainted from watching Superfast, where that character is literally named rapper cameo. <laughs> 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 I can't think of the actual person. I just think of rapper cameo. But does Ja Rule appear in any others, or is he just the like the cameo for this
2: one? Just the cameo for this okay, one.
1: Okay, okay. He looks so <laughs> small in that car in some of those shots. <laughs> but it was it, that was that was something else. I mean, the other characters. I'm fine with like um, you know Ted Levine. I just wish he had more to do because Ted Levine is great. Uh the Rick Yoon who shows up to play Johnny Tran, I remembered as uh as this might be a bad thing to remember, but he's like Zhao the Jaws character from James Bond and Die Another Day, which is the year after this, I think. And also, we have to mention this, this is very important. Rick Yoon, that actor, his birthday August 22nd, one week after Ben Affleck's. Look at that, look how close we got right there. <laughs> I think other than that, I mean who uh, other, other than that, there's, I mean, there's not really anybody that's fleshed out other than our main few people. And I guess then the movie tries to reach that point of Paul Walker letting Vin Diesel go at the end, which is, you know, legitimately how Point Break ends. Keanu Reeves lets Patrick Swayze go ride, like, the, the wave of the century, but he, there's a, it's very intensely implied that Patrick Swayze is going to his death. Here, you know, Vin Diesel just gets away. I don't know if it's completely earned. I wanted more like, their chemistry is good, like we've said, but I think in the movie, I don't know if it's, like, I totally buy that Paul Walker is now, like, in, you know, the Toretto family other than the fact that he is in love with, you know, Mia. I, I, I wish they did more kind of... I don't know, did you guys think that ending was earned or made sense? I know in reviews at the time that was one of the things that got some backlash was that ending, that he just lets him go type of thing. I didn't think it was as fleshed out, but I got what they were going for, I guess. Um, I, I mean, after
3: watching... The second one, we get it. It is clear that they
1: knew that that it was not
3: well received because they give a, a postdoc explanation. Oh, okay. It, which is that he had this friend Tyrese, and Tyrese blames Paul Walker for him getting arrested for no reason at all. In the second, <laughs> one. It's like it's it's clear that Paul Walker didn't know he was getting arrested, didn't know he was breaking the law, like didn't know anything. And, and Tyrese blames him, and then later Tyrese is like, "So is that why you let Dom go?" And he was like, "Yeah, I guess." So, you know,
1: we get okay. that. Okay, okay, interesting. It 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 does it abruptly ends after Vin Diesel goes away in the car, right? I think it cuts to credits almost immediately, right?
3: Yes, I think so.
1: Okay, okay. And then I don't know if any of you guys saw it, but there there is a post credit scene for the Fast and the Furious. And it is just Vin Diesel driving a car, and they replay his I Live My Life a Quarter Mile of the Timeline. And that yep. is the entirety of the post credit scene. And I'm like, what the hell is the point of this? I didn't think Vin Diesel was dead or anything. He's just still <laughs> driving. I didn't think he stopped driving. I re- was really hoping the post credit scene was going to be like closure on, you know— asshole guy and jesse like did they survive or anything like that but vin diesel is just still driving around i think it's in mexico and it just seems so pointless at the end of the film at the end of the credits i mean it's like a little stinger I, I, as far as i can tell having not seen the second one i don't even think it sets anything up for the second one it is just no. him driving
3: if it sets anything up it would be for one of the later ones where vin diesel actually comes back but i don't know if it does or not
1: okay okay um, i'm
3: pretty sure it's in the fourth one okay so so <laughs> Yeah, no, that that actually sounds right. I, I do think that Vin Diesel is in wh- whatever place that he's shown in, in one of the later movies. But I, I did want to bring something up that I found actually detestable about this movie. And I, and I didn't bring it up earlier because Rob was hating on the movie really well. He didn't need any help. <laughs> the music in this movie fucking sucks.
1: Oh, oh, Ben, I am so glad you want to bring up the music <laughs> because at the 2001 stinkers bad movie awards the fast and the furious won the award for most intrusive musical score <laughs> I'm,
3: all I'm saying is watch your back rob right behind you, so you better,
4: uh, watch your back watch your, watch your back watch your, watch your-
1: watch, watch your, your watch watch your, your watch back, your back. <laughs> I definitely found the music in it to feel almost uh i I don't think i I feel it like it's out of place I definitely thought intrusive was the right word like the music was distracting me from what I was seeing in the movie it seemed like maybe it was mixed too loud or something like that, but I definitely got that sense and then you know, I, I just want to mention the the movies that this beat out for the most intrusive musical score. It was 2001, and this was a bad movie awards ceremony. So it beat out Freddy Got Fingered. Freddy Got Fingered gets nominated for everything bad. Um, but it also beat out America's Sweethearts, which I don't know too much about. Uh, John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. And the, <laughs> the other thing nominated for most intrusive musical score, which surprised me, the first Harry Potter movie. Oh. The music in that I think is fairly well received i don't i haven't seen that movie in so long i can't i don't remember if it was intrusive, like you know you just have two people talking and then all of a sudden it'd be like Bom bom or something like that. but I thought that was pretty interesting that Harry Potter got nominated for most intrusive musical score uh, but I'm totally with you ben with this movie i've I felt that I was you know watching a very boring music video at certain points like the music was the prominent feature, but nothing was happening on screen because like like the move the music was happening when characters were just talking or some or looking at an engine or something like that.
3: Well there's the scene where like Vince and uh, and Paul Walker fight and that that particular song Watch your Back like that is the I think the only lyric that we hear of that song <laughs> for that entire scene and it is a lot. And so, like, they, they picked, I guess, the problem I have with this is they picked some of the most repetitive music. Sure. And I don't think music from 2001 was all that bad. Like, I think they picked the bad songs. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha.
0: I, I have to admit, like, the only thing I could think of, like, at one point we had, like, a,
3: a needle drop moment,
0: and it's just, you know, oh, God, what's the song? You you Rob, you probably know, and probably Ben knows. You go, <heidic transc tons laughs> rolling 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 <laughs> it just keeps going on
4: <laughs>
0: like like it's horrible but like it has that fantastic like like that is the unofficial theme of the fourth year rolling 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 Keep rolling, rolling,
4: rolling, rolling.
0: Keep rolling, 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 rolling.���。and it's like, oh god, like it just comes out of nowhere. But again, I, that's the thing. I think this movie was just kind of like created in a lab, like as a perfect, like even the wardrobe. Uh, look how everybody's dressing. Like it's like, like look at Michelle Rodriguez's wardrobe as that character. That is like two thousand one, like in a nutshell when it comes to female fashion. Like it's okay. just like it's 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 delightfully atrocious. That's why I think I would describe yeah. a lot of things about this movie. So like, like, just like, like more more than like, not everything, but just like the reflection of the time and place it was made. Delightfully atrocious.
1: Sure, sure. And and I definitely get your what you're saying about like the um the wardrobes at least. And I think one of the things that I went into with this movie, of course, is as as Lashawn and I learned as they parody a lot in Superfast, And I think what everybody knows about this franchise is that if this had like a signature shot or a signature visual. It would be the pan up from short skirt to breasts like that they do that so many times in this movie and I'm assuming the whole franchise but I was definitely kind of surprised that you know in the maybe not when you get those shots but after we do like the pan up on a woman and we get wider shots of just the, the massive crowds going on at like these underground street races a lot of these kind of like you know women's outfits were just like regular clothes like it seemed like the extras they got were just like hey you know come off off the street we need you to stand around and dance for like you know a shot or a scene or whatever and we'll give you like 20 bucks or something whereas because I think from what I've seen in Superfast and what I think I know about the rest of the franchise is that these extras eventually get, like, they are specifically cast as, like, are you a model type of thing? Like, in this oh, yeah. first one, it's definitely like, oh, they just had regular people at these street races, races, which worked to great effect. Where I feel like when I see other movies like this where they have these events that have to have, you know, like, scantily clad women. That it's all – they are all supermodels in, like, the shortest skirts and, like, the tightest tops and stuff like that. And the whole thing is, like, every woman needs to be at, like, the wet t-shirt contest, which we only see once in this in this movie. And it's just like, okay, you know, I, I definitely saw a little more realism to that extent, that there was just, like, two early 2000s fashions it seemed. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we do get some shots, like I said, the panning what, like, Asian schoolgirls are in a lot of the shots in the first street race or something like that in this one. And so it's there, but I think they go hard, where it becomes almost, you know, just to use a common phrase, unrealistic body standards for women type of thing. <laughs> they
2: balanced it out. You saw Johnny Tran snake skin pants. Oh, yes. I yeah. That's <laughs> true. Yes. Uh, and
3: and I, I do want to point out, Johnny Tran, I think is Officer Wu from Grimm, if you guys are familiar with with Ooh. the TV show Grimm, I am. Not. He was in that show, I think, for every season of it, and uh, it was a little bit weird seeing him as a really quiet bad guy. When in Grimm, he's constantly making terrible jokes. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's another good point. Those snakeskin pants, LaShawn, those were those were something. Those stood out, and <laughs> I like that even they stand out when you see them when he gets out of the car, and then there's a line of dialogue about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> The one guy was riding motorcycle in that, and I I I couldn't personally ride in snakeskin pants, but to each their own.
3: So did anybody else notice that throughout the rest of the movie, there Tran and his gang are all riding crotch rockets, but in the last chase scene, one of them's riding a dirt bike.
1: Oh no, I didn't yeah. notice that. I think I was so checked out by that point, and also the um the editing and sound mixing in that last like chase scene after the drive by. I swore I was legitimately going to have a seizure. It is out of this world how how weird it sounds and how crazy it looks. Uh, but no, I did not notice that, Ben. Was it the one that had to go off the like cliff and do the stunt? Was it that yes. Okay, okay, that makes some sense. Yeah,
3: he but every time every other time we see him, he's on a crash rocket.
1: Maybe they uh, they had one in the shop that day, you know. <laughs> Spe- speaking of thi- things that they were driving, um the one of the lines that I definitely thought was funny cuz I I guess I mentioned earlier, I do want to say, you know, the point break script is also not that good that that script is also pretty bad. like you know that's one of the things that this movie's emulating as well. Um, but I think you know both movies have some you know interesting lines or lines that can stick with you and stuff like that. Like there's a great one before their heist in point break, Patrick Swayze. they looks at his watch and he says, "Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll." and that line has always stuck with me. That's a very like crime line. I definitely laughed in this one when they're, like, looking at, you know, Johnny Tran's garage, and they they look at the cars, and the cars don't have engines in them, and they're like, there's no engines in here, and I think it's Vin Diesel, or but somebody definitely says, what are they planning on racing with? Hopes and dreams? <laughs> and I was like, clearly, anybody would realize that they just haven't put the engine in yet. Like, I don't think there's any establishment of someone's going to get in that car and go, why isn't it turning on? But I just love that little line of dialogue where they're like, they, they can't race in these cars. Cars? What are they, fools? (laughs) But that—that was good. That was a good little line where it's like, "What are they racing on? Hopes and dreams?" I'm like, I can get behind that. Like that's that's a good little bit of dialogue. That's that's you know fairly fun. But then we get the juxtaposition of like we mentioned before. The, the movie has time for an extended back and forth of Paul Walker wanting a cigarette, someone saying, OK, I'll go get you a cigarette. And Ted Levine saying, no, don't get him a cigarette like that happens two or three times, like in the like a roundabout way. And I'm like, why? I'm like, this doesn't matter to the movie. I couldn't care less if Paul Walker has a cigarette. I don't care if he quit either.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's supposed to be deep, like that's him going to the dark side of wanting to be a street racer thug type of guy and they're like no don't do it so it's all symbolic and deep
1: <laughs> i i could totally see the people who wrote this script in the room writing that line and going yeah this is this is you know symbolic of his turn to the dark side i totally believe you LaShawn. I, and i think that's one I thing they wrote is... and then they were like we're good we're good for the day like let's go party you know <laughs> we wrote a masterpiece
0: I think it's just supposed to be levity. It's just to be like, again, it's this, I, again, I think it's levity. I don't think it's meant to be anything
1: more or less from that. It, it doesn't, didn't work for me as levity though. Rob, clearly
0: say. nothing in this movie worked <laughs> for you. I think that's a, like a fait accompli at this point. Rob's like, you know what, that part, that part didn't work for me. Yeah, I know, Rob, moving <laughs> on. I,
1: I guess the question I had for you, LaShawn, we we talked about it already. Was there a point, because I'm assuming, but you can expand on this if I'm wrong. I'm assuming <laughs> that they're no longer called this. Was there a point where giant racing competitions at air hangers or anywhere were called race wars? Was race wars ever a, a
2: solid term in the in the car like world? <laughs> not that not in my time frame at least, but <laughs> we we kinda have more creative names than that. I think that the that one just comes with some bad territory there.
1: Yeah, and it even had to come with bad territory in 2001. I don't think like the term race war was anything that could be like, <laughs> oh, we're clearly it's clearly about racing cars, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man.
3: He dude, he was the racist, the best racer. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: race i want to be a racist when i grow ben up looks directly, ben
0: looks directly into the camera as he says that directly <laughs> into the camera
1: <laughs> that that definitely caught me especially also then of with the times we live in the, the term race war is certainly highly charged but then also in the raid scene um when they they you know, arrest Johnny Tran or they bust into his garage and stuff like that. You see like an FBI SWAT team put his knee on somebody's neck and I'm like, they're also talking about race wars. I'm like, this movie didn't age well <laughs> <laughs> It didn't have the right political commentary.
0: <laughs> Another film also that uh, loves homophobic slurs. Like, yes. like that's probably the that's probably the one thing about the Fort Year that I find the most enlightening is that like people like saying FAG a lot. Like that's yep. just like Like, man, like that was like a a term that everybody loved. I'm like, it's
3: one of my favorite words. It's upsetting to me that I don't get to use it anymore in public.
2: (laughs) Does that mean a bundle of sticks or something?
3: A bundle of sticks, yes. Or a
2: cigarette. I mean, it depends on
3: where you are, but it's like, I don't know, you can do so much with it, you know?
2: You really can.
0: <laughs> Isn't it interesting, Rob, that like we look back on like so far, like what we're almost halfway through the fourth year, and you look at like all the movies we talked about, and yet somehow Freddie Got Fingered might be the most like polike politically correct film <laughs> that we've yes, discussed. Yes. <laughs> like it's inexplicable, but somehow Tom Green's insulated himself from cancel culture.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like we talked about way earlier, you know, Saving Silverman uses um being gay as a character flaw and a joke at the end of the movie. Where is, like, the what's considered probably the worst film ever of Tom Green's Freddy Got Fingered has a disabled female character with complete agency. <laughs> D- you know, given her agency, she decides she wants to stay home and suck dick all day, but it's her choice. <laughs>
0: but she's also – I think about that. She's, like, like what? A rocket scientist that's yes. also, like, a doctor. Like, that's the weirdest thing. Freddy Got Fingered somehow might be the most progressive film of the Fort year, which at the time sounds genuinely like just like a bonkers notion.
1: Yes. Also on Freddy Got Fingered, I have to say, I couldn't I couldn't not look into more of the 2001 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. One one like I don't like any award show. I think they're all conceited in some way. The Razzies, that name is fine. The Razzies. But calling your awards the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards Like, give any thought. I hate that name. Uh, But, of course, 2001, Freddy Got Fingered has the most nominations and wins. Seven nominations, five wins. Uh, And one of my favorite things it won, it wins the worst on-screen couple. And you might think, if you've seen Freddy Got Fingered, you might think that goes to Tom Green and uh, Betty in that movie, or Gordon Betty in that movie. But, no, it wins for Tom Green and any person, animal, or foreign object he appears with.
0: (laughs) That's great. I love uh, that. Yes,
1: that I thought they went they went uh, hard on that, and I, I had to appreciate that. Also, surprisingly, the award for most annoying on screen group goes to Josie and the Pussycats. That's very unfortunate. Oh. I don't think of them as annoying.
0: Oh, that's disappointing. Did you see yeah. that? Like, like their interview. I guess like people realize that film is twenty years old. So like Rachel A. Cook is now being like interviewed a lot.
1: Sure. They're like, sure. what's
0: yeah, I'm like, oh my like, god. She's like, yeah, I'm so glad. Like, it's kind of finding a niche audience right now. It's like, goddamn right, Rachel Lee Cook. Where the hell have you been for the last twenty years?
1: I still hold out hope that she will appear on Riverdale as uh, the Mothman or Bigfoot or the Chupacabra, whichever cryptozoological creature is in that show this season. They <laughs> have cryptozoological creatures in that show. Yes, I'm pretty sure Archie met the Mothman <laughs> in this season. Like, I read that that happened. <laughs> that does happen. It's it's like Twin Peaks, but but
0: like, it's like Gossip Girl and Twin Peaks combined, and I find that, like, a fascinating, <laughs> fascinating notion. <laughs> oh, geez.
1: So I, I don't think this is a, a, a question, like, specifically for the car world. This might be just I, – I think the, the, the argument go either way. I had the thought during the last heist when, they, when they're going after that truck – and the trucker is prepared with a shotgun. Why doesn't the trucker stop at any point? I had that thought. I think there's an argument to be made that he could stop or he could keep going. I think there might be, like, pros and cons in both things. If you're going to get robbed, you know, should you stop to be, like, a a not-a-moving target or should you keep going? But I had the thought. I was like, why doesn't he ever stop? Why is he literally reloading a shotgun with one hand to keep shooting through his door and his hood and stuff like that. I don't know. Did you guys have thoughts about are you in the stop category or the keep going category? I guess we should say one of the things I thought about why he'd keep going. I know truckers have some tight schedules. He might have needed to make a deadline that his company would have not taken. You know, I almost got robbed as an excuse for missing that deadline.
3: <laughs> I definitely felt like he, him stopping like there was no one behind him. And even if they were behind him, what were they going to do? I feel like him stopping would have solved a lot of his problems. Uh, Maybe not. Like, I could see it going wrong, but I definitely thought that when I was watching it.
2: Okay. Maybe he didn't know if they were going to rob him or the other R-word him. So I would have kept going, honestly. I'd be like, I don't know how this is going to end up for me, so I'm just going to get out of (laughs) here. I hear banjos. (laughs)
1: that's a good that's a good point these truckers might have just been like who knows what these people are trying to do to me so i don't
2: know if you guys watch always sunny but that's one of the things in uh always sunny in philadelphia they uh stop and they get a ride from a truck driver and he's like oh yeah you know us truck drivers we live a wild life and we're always looking for uh lot lizards and they're like what's a lot lizard and he's like oh you know we give you a ride you give us a little uh uh-huh so i don't know it's kind of (laughs) weird from what i've heard
1: (laughs) Jeez. Okay. Okay. I could get behind that. That's a, that's also like a, an interesting take on the, the mind of the trucker and stuff like that.
2: <laughs> I think it, they did that
3: in Jay and Tom and Bob Shrek back too with George Carlin. It's like, it's the unwritten rule of the road.
1: Oh, oh. So you're talking about like the, uh, the, uh, the ass cash or grass type of thing. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, more or less, but, but he specifically is given blowjobs. Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and we, this is nothing okay. new for this podcast. Ash, cash, or Grass, of course, came up, uh, way back when, and something LaShawn, I, I know, remembers fondly. Uh, an old man that picks up the turkey from Thanksgiving, says Ash, cash, or Grass. <laughs> Doesn't matter that it's a physical turkey getting into his car, he still has to pay his way on the road. <laughs> Oh, And then, so, I, I mean, the truck just, yeah, Ben, you bring up a good point that I, I mentioned earlier that, that drove me a little crazy about this movie. No one else is on the road ever. It is always just the pizza dude and the Ferrari guy. Nobody seems to care that trucks are getting robbed. No one seems to care that, you know, the entire city blocks are, are just being mauled and covered by cars and people even at the beginning when the crew like rolls up to the sandwich shop at the start they're just in like flying v formation of like five cars i'm just oh i guess nobody else is driving today <laughs> and that just drove me crazy that there was no even little jokey mention of it's like oh you know that you you are blocking traffic or something um or you know they, they have to they can't look at a drive in a cool way because there's, they have to stop at a red light or someone, something like and someone blew through the yellow. I don't know. That, that definitely drove me crazy. And I can't imagine the series gets any better with that. Um, when they're doing actual like crazy stunts, like I know I've, I've seen the stunt. I don't know which movie it's in, but when like a flaming gas truck is like barreling towards them and they slide under or drift under it, like a video game type of thing. I can't imagine anybody else is on the road when that happens. <laughs>
0: I still say the most egregious thing that happens in this entire franchise is at the climax of part six. There's like a cargo plane. They're trying to keep from taking off the ground. So they once again harpoon it to like vehicles <laughs> to keep it from like becoming airborne. And the runway literally just keeps going and going and going. And someone actually did the math. And it had to be an 80 mile runway. <laughs>
1: Perfect.
0: <laughs> and that's like, that's the thing though. Like, it's that, obs- like, once again, Rob, like, I think the, low-key theme to the four ear beyond homophobia is there is absurdism in 2001 sure. like all, all these films have that like level of just like what is going on right now is that like it's just like there's a level of absurdism that's there like it's there but like it's just under the surface we're like it doesn't make sense but subconsciously i think it's it the brain is
1: picking up on it i hear you I, speaking of that, because I haven't seen that one, I know you've mentioned that before, Zach. The um, the the incredibly, the impossibly long runway. Is the implication in the start of this movie the first street race that they do where Paul Walker bets his car? Is that supposed to be a quarter mile race? Did it? Does it say?
3: That's, that is what they say. Okay. And they they are. I mean, they're obviously a lot longer than that. It's supposed to be like nine or ten seconds. And the racings take like what, thirty seconds or something?
1: Yeah, that that's what I, was after I watched it it went on for a while, and they're talking about the 10-second car, which I, I had to ask LaShawn to explain to me what that was, because they mention it in super fast but don't give any explanation. So I remembered it from that discussion, but I'm like, wait, shouldn't this have been really quick? But the way they edit it, they have to show all this stuff, like, you know, the jaw rule, they have to show who's hitting Noss and when. They have to show Paul Walker's computer like flashing, like like damage to manifold is imminent, and he tells his computer to shut up, which I thought was very shut funny. Up. Um, and and I'm like, wait, wasn't that supposed to be like really short? And in that scene, Paul Walker hits, he turns on the Nos, and like literally goes warp speed. Like we see a special effect on the road in front of him, and I'm like, and I'm like, I I, I know what you're saying, Zach, that this is the goofy and the absurdism. But I, I, I was just like, that's, I think that's the only time it happens in the whole movie. I wanted more of that, I guess.
2: I feel like Zach got it right, though, when he said there's like, it, it almost fools you for a split second where you're like, whoa, that's crazy. And then you're like, in the back of your mind, you're like, wait a second, what's <laughs> going on here? And I feel like most people dig into it. And then a lot of people, like the majority of the audience, is like, whatever, like, onto the next thing, like, onto the next thing. Oh, pretty girl, onto the next thing. Oh, sure. fast car. You know, just move on. And I feel like you dig into it, Rob, and you're like, nope, nope, nope. We're going to stop right here. We're going to put a pin in this because danger to manifold, what's going on? And most of the car guys know that that's not a thing. And there's all sorts of other issues with these racing scenes that we won't dig into. So, but I mean,
3: the... the floorboard starts shooting bolts in oh, his car. It? <laughs> yes. It's like, why is there enough pressure underneath his passenger side floorboard to do anything? <laughs>
2: And what's crazy about these cars, I'm a nerd out here on cars things. Do it. That Eclipse that he's driving in that uh, in that scene, it's completely stock as far as like engine modifications go other than the nitrous, but the rest of the money that's in that car is all that body kit which does nothing but add really add weight. And uh, somehow he's trying to convince us that that car has enough like power and torque and just everything to make the car fall apart which that's that's a lot of power, but that car is not making it. So a lot of car guys have a problem with that.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. I would imagine, like you like you've mentioned before, there's a lot of that in this movie and throughout the franchise, of course. But no, you're, you're right. It's like the way you mentioned before about like there's another thing to look at, and the movie keeps it going when you don't dig into it. I don't know. Maybe that's the the whole point of the uh, the Jesse scene where he's like, I have ADD. He's like just it's <laughs> like telling the audience like keep looking at the flashing lights, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> Let's try not to have a seizure. Y- yes, that's a, the the shaky cam. That's a, that's a tough one.
2: <laughs> but I feel like that was the thing back then, though. Like, throw a lot of things at the screen and see what sticks and sure. try to get everyone with a little bit of, bit of everything. I mean, the rapper cameos, I mean, that gets a couple people in the audience. They're like, what, Ludacris is in the next movie? Sweet. Sure. You know, um, one of the movies opens up and it's literally a music video. It's just girls dancing. Um, I want to say it's the one when they're down in Brazil, but it's it's a great scene. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. <laughs> but it's literally just music and cars and girls dancing and just the same shot that Zach was talking about, like that, you know, pan up from the bottom and stop and you never see their faces because, you know, I guess that doesn't matter. But <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah they're, they're like, the like we'll we'll spend thing. time we'll, we'll we'll spend time you know filming the cigarette scene but women's faces no nah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think it's some i think we should like whether it be the patreon or a bonus episode in the main feed like rob should have to like watch fast five and we reconvene I think if he's not on board for fast five, I think like this we have to write this series off for him. Cause there's no you're either on board for that movie and or you're not, and, like you're you're gonna hate because even that's the thing. Every other one's kind of boring after the fifth one. Like they all have their moments. I think I think even you would appreciate, Rob, they handled the Paul Walker thing really, really well in number seven. I think okay. you would appreciate that. Like on like as in like, oh God, this thing happens. Like you have your actor, who's solely known for a room, room car movie, dies in a car accident, and it's like, how do you just handle the fallout of that? How do you make that a satisfying conclusion, not just for the character, but for the actor? And, that, and that's why that film like, like got that series into the Billion Dollar Club. Sure. And I okay. think, like I said, I think that movie is very much removed from the franchise because it's so, it was so, like, it was probably, like, much how I think we talked about how, like, Warner Brothers, like, released The Dark Knight around, like, oh, man, the film that killed Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. It was, like, Universal did the opposite for like, uh, I don't know if that's called what Furious Seven or, and it's like, oh, they they of course that was a major part of it though, but like they kind of let the media do that. They didn't okay. sell it on that, sure. And it, land, and it landed it. It stuck the landing. But, yeah, I think you should watch the fifth movie. I'd be really curious, like, like to reconvene and, uh, and, and see what you think of the fifth movie.
1: Maybe that'll be the outcry, you know, as we continue to get emails uh, telling us that we deserve to die, or I deserve to die because I think Shrek is a bad movie. Uh, maybe the next slew of emails I'll get is, Rob, you have to watch the rest of the Fast and Furious franchise.
0: You know what's interesting is, like, I... Oh God, like I have not, wa- Like I have like the complete collection. I even bought like two Hobbs, two Shaw like last weekend. Just, I never saw that in theaters. I'm like, okay, like it wasn't that expensive. And like, other than the fifth one, most of these movies are kind of like a one and done. Okay. Like the second one, I think, I think the second one's a lot of fun. Like it's, it's even goofier than this. Like if like, you like get mad at this or being like a piss poor, like rehash a point break. Yep. The second one's just like, it just doesn't care but it's a lot of fun. Third one, I think, is the, like, just driest one, because it just has, it's just that fish out of, like, water thing of, like, oh, American in foreign land. Mm-hmm. He has to adapt. It's like, okay, we've done this, and it does it in the most kind of mediocre way possible. Fourth one's just, like, it's the, oh, man, the gang's back together. Then it's like, okay, the fifth one is, okay, we're we're together, now let's do, let's have some fun. And the sixth one's just like, okay, like, we made a lot, a lot of money, let's just do another one and then seventh one is Paul Walker and then eighth is just kind of like okay we're running out of ideas again and then when I'm seeing the ninth film it's like oh man we're really running out of ideas now okay and for the record okay. as of recording this the ninth one has been released in China it Ooh. hasn't been released I don't think anywhere else but like from what I've heard a really good bootleg of it is available
1: okay a really
0: good so yeah we we, we, we should have been prepared everybody we should I've <laughs> never seen Hobbs and Sean but Lashawn did say that uh, that it's what, the first half alone is just like insanely goofy.
2: Yeah, it's too much. It's it's like superheroes fighting and I'm like what is going on here? Like <laughs> this is this is too much.
3: I I have seen Hobbs and Shaw. I saw it in theaters there's a scene at the end where they're on uh the island of Samoa where Samoans are from. I'm pretty sure that's how they pronounce it in the movie. And they set up like fire bombs and like they set up this whole base where they're having people come fight them and it's there's the scenes where they're like, you know, driving around a corner, sliding off a mountain and shit. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I would say it takes until, like, the last third of that movie for it to really pick up. And you're like, okay, now I'm watching a fun action movie versus I'm watching a bad superhero movie.
1: So Okay, okay. Uh, does any Can anybody answer which one is Hobbes and which one is Shaw? Which one is The Rock, Ben? Do you know?
0: Does it matter, Rob? But, well, I don't th- know. this
1: is what I'm getting at. I, I want to... I would love to see when you know what is it's like called Fast and Furious presents Hob and, Hobbs and Shaw or something like that. The full title. I would love that whatever characters they play when two Hobbs, two Shaw eventually comes out, they just switch characters and not acknowledge it. I would love to see that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I actually have no idea which um, He's
2: is which. Shaw Luke. Nathan, right? Yeah. I have no, I have Hobbs no idea. Is, Hobbs is the Rock.
1: i uh, i don't know if i even would believe like wikipedia if i saw saw it that seems like something they could switch
2: jason statham is shaw because he's the evil villain and hobbs is the well hobbs is i don't that's so weird they always change i'm like who's good who's bad (laughs) because the whole crew they were all wanted criminals and then they became heroes but then i was like so are you guys free now? Like, are you free to go back to the U.S. and, like, live normal lives after you save the world? Like, does that... Is, is Trump going to pardon you at the time? Like, I don't know how that works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, a, but, I know okay. that's how The Rock gets introduced as, like, trying to catch them, right? In whatever yeah. movie? Okay. That's, okay.
0: that Because, like, that's the thing, though. Like, the, the continuity of this franchise is weird because, like, it's number one, number two, then number four, number five, number six... Tokyo Drift, number seven, number eight.
1: Okay. That's not that's, not that's terrible. Con-
0: oh, but keep in mind that like number three is like, oh God, like what? eighth in continuity yeah it's the third film released because sure. like, they they, like they wrote themselves into a corner when han dies and because han dies in the third one spoiler alert he gets stabbed by kylo ren on star killer base i was about to say and who the hell is
1: han like han's so, I han so i've han is. <laughs>
0: han's han's in that one and then like the they give it away in the trailer for this one that he comes back to life somehow and, like, the ninth one, that is, and that's the thing. None of the characters stay dead. Like Michelle Rodriguez, like the whole plot of the fourth one is like Vin Diesel is like hiding out in Mexico. Then he finds out that like Letty died as like a like a, like a drug smuggler or something, and so he comes out of hiding to get revenge because of family. And then like then like the ending of the fourth one is a post credits. No, the ending of the fifth one is a post credit scene of The Rock and Eva Mendes reprising her role from the second one of, like, oh, like, we have a lead on a ghost. And it's a picture of Michelle Rodriguez. And then it says, like, Michelle Rodriguez will return in The Avengers. And then, like, <laughs> that's the plot of the second one, is that, like, oh, Letty has amnesia, and they have to, like, wake her up. Like, it's so goofy! Like, you can't help but have fun at just how, like, insanely, unnecessarily convoluted the plots are. And, like, then even, like, by the eighth one... like. Like, Paul Walker's gone. They bring in like Scott Eastwood to be not Paul Walker, and he's just like like somehow Paul Walker. He's even more boring than Paul Walker is like in some of these.
2: Fucking Paul it's just, Walker's like, not boring. <laughs>
0: have you seen? Have you seen the fourth one? He is no, boring in that one. Yeah, like, but his eyes,
1: Zach. His eyes—they <laughs> make I up like for
0: <laughs> He's oh yeah, his hair's amazing. I can this is, like? Can we have Paul Walker's hair? from this movie, like, a wig in the cinematic. like It's beautiful. Like, it's a work of art. I mean, you're
3: jumping the gun. You gotta get snacks. <laughs> I want to eat his hair.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, no. Like, like, that's the thing, Rob. Like, this is one of those ones where, like, I, I could never imagine, like, wh- like, shotgunning these, pardon the ro- like, the car pun, but, like, just doing these all at once. Like, sure. I could not – like, I cannot. again, I've seen all of these except for maybe the f- – the second and fifth one like i've seen them all i think maybe once at most twice like i have not seen the eighth one since theaters you know like i own the blu-ray
1: okay <laughs> i gotcha i gotcha yeah i mean no you're not making bad arguments about the later things in the franchise uh, if anything you're making me wish i've watched those instead of this one <laughs> i'm also i also want to watch point break instead of this movie
0: <laughs> did i make that clear? you should watch the you should watch the remake of point break that came out like what like six years ago
1: i would imagine that's might that'd be interesting to compare the remake of point break to this to see which one i think is a worse version because uh, that that first point break is like I said it's not a great movie but it's fun there's a lot of like little moments I mean it's wonderful just to see in the raid because they're you know in the middle middle of Fast and Furious they do the raid on you know Johnny Tran and stuff and they're like, oh no, they bought all their DVD players legally so we fucked up and raided the wrong people and in Point Break, they they raid the wrong house, or they think it's the they think it's this one group of people who are the robbers turns out not to be, and they raid the house, and it goes wrong, it's this actual great action scene, where in Fast and Furious, it barely you know, we get to see none of it, but during that raid, Keanu Reeves gets the shit beaten out of him by a naked woman, it's such a fantastic scene just to see that happen and there's like nothing that memorable in Fast and Furious, Patrick Swayze picks up a dog and throws it at Keanu Reeves in Point Break, that's a great moment
3: (laughs) i don't think they reveal why they bought the dvd players
1: oh no no and they don't also reveal why well no it doesn't matter why they bought them it also doesn't matter the movie why they're just like oh let's store them in our car garage like what are they doing with all the dvd players and why
2: are they next to their cars it doesn't matter there's a 1970 dodge charger in there So I guess
1: I guess from our our super fast discussion, LaShawn, you pointed out that like one of the cars was really rare, or expensive, or something like that. Are there any instances of that in this movie? Like any really rare or expensive vehicles? For, I
2: guess for the time um, or
1: anything like that.
2: Not really anything rare, and I guess okay. I guess that's kind of the cool. The Supra is pretty rare-ish. They're like sixty thousand dollars cars then that were that are now worth you know hundred thousand dollars easily in good condition. So. Other than that, then not really. The Ferrari's cool, but um, even though the Ferrari lost and still loses to, like, a lot of the new cars today, it's still a Ferrari. It's still cool. Sure, Uh, sure. It is a little weird, though. I'll say they have, excuse me, they have, like, the the Honda Civics that are robbing the truck. Mm -hmm. Those are just, a lot of guys do this, and I'll never understand it, and I can't justify it. This is the one thing in the car world I won't get. They buy, like, $4,000 cars and then put, like, $30,000 into these cars, and that's what they have did with the Civics, and I just do not get it, and I will never understand why not just buy a $40,000 nice car versus a $5,000 car that you put your blood, sweat, and tears into. So I'm always on the fence on the build versus bought thing.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. No, right on, right on. My problem with the cars in this movie, of course, uh, not enough Subarus. If I made this movie, I think it would be like 99% Subaru's, and I would totally Subaru. have the Subaru beat the Ferrari. <laughs> like that would happen Subaru three shows times. Up
2: in the next no Subaru shows up when they go to uh, when they do the drug run. Which one's that one, Zach? Zach's fourth one. Yeah, fourth I think one? it's that one. That Subaru is the star of that one, and then it drives on ice and does all sorts of cool stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, I ice is the
0: eighth one. The ice is the eighth one.
2: I'm oh, the track now. oh, the, no the the Lamborghini drives on the ice, but there. So the Subarus oh. in the desert. The Subarus in the desert. That's what it is in Mexico <laughs> when they drive oh, through the can you know, like through the little windy things. You know, I'm losing, I'm losing track hour, now. Never I'm happen. losing track now. Oh God, I feel I feel so ashamed.
0: <laughs> I'm losing track of my Fast and Furious. But track.
2: either way, Rob, Subaru is in there. Don't worry. The Subaru WRX STI it makes okay. an appearance, and ever since that movie came out sales for them like shot up any car that's in this movie sales shoot up
1: oh sure oh that's that's a good point i did not even think about that that absolutely that has to be um a, a common thing i know ben and i talked about it when we discussed tomb raider there was like in tomb raider 2 or lara croft colon tomb raider dash the cradle of life there's a um like a jeep that they only made like a thousand like a Tomb Raider edition of a certain Jeep. I don't remember it exactly, but I don't I didn't look into the sales of that or anything. But no, what you said makes perfect sense. Like if they even say it in this movie, they're like when Dominic Toretto races, like all the kids want what he has and stuff, like the guy mm-hmm. in the shop. That totally makes sense where it's like, "Oh, they're using this car." The movie at the end of the credits says, don't try any of these stunts at home, but everybody ignores that and goes, well, I want to buy that car and do these stunts and stuff like that.
2: <laughs> that is crazy, yeah, because, I mean, I know one of the cars that made me pretty upset is uh, in the the scene you're talking about where he drives, like, he drifts under that rolling, flaming gas tank thing. Sure. Um, he's got a, it's a Chevy Monte Carlo, and uh, those used to be, like, a dime a dozen. You used to find them at, like... You know, Grandpa's got them, and there used to be under $20,000 cars. They put that car in the movie, and now those are $40,000, $50,000 cars. Oh, wow. All because everyone wanted one because they saw it in the movie, and they didn't realize this was a fast car.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. No, right, right right, on. I mean, yeah, like I said at the start, if, if you're a car person, I totally get why this would appeal to you for sure. And the movie definitely, even though, like I said, I don't think it shows it as lovingly or seductively as Point Break shows surfing – the cars are the focus in this movie. Like, there's a lot of car shots and stuff like that. And, of course, there are certain moments where they're talking about stuff in cars where I'm just like, I have no idea what they're talking about, you know? It's like I catch the word engine and, you know, like like intake and stuff. But other than that, they're just saying things I've, I have no experience with. And I'm sure that works for so many people. Uh, especially, do they keep that going in the franchise? Like, they keep the jargon up, or does that fall to the wayside?
2: They stop after, like, the third or fourth one.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: When it becomes um, more of, like, the spy espionage, like, film that kind of, like, dissipates.
1: <laughs> then they use CIA jargon.
3: <laughs> like, spook. Uh, LaShawn, there's a point where Vin Diesel says something about, like, a, an independent or separate fuel system, and that's a good way to spend ten grand. Do you? Does that mean anything to you?
2: No, I have no clue what he was referring to in that scene at all. Because oh, yeah. most people, when they race, they actually race with, like, maybe a quarter tank of gas. They try to cut their weight as much as they can. Sure, um, that makes sense. But uh, sometimes when it comes to cooling your car down, you can do, like, meth injection and, like, run other methods or, like, alcohol to just cool down the whole car itself. But sure. other than that, yeah, you wouldn't really need a second fuel tank. Unless you're going off-roading and, you know, then you might need your Subaru. And uh, <laughs> <like> a gas,
3: <laughs> and then this kind of is goes back to the fact that NOS is not flammable. Um, <laughs> like that's actually one of the reasons it's used to to speed up engines instead of just like pure oxygen, because oxygen is uh, highly combustible and and will fucking kill you. Um, ja Rule, I think at one point says he's got a no, enough NOS in there to blow himself up. Period. Yes. I, I just I just want to call that out as something that they had him say on camera.
2: <laughs> they had to have. So the worst thing I've ever seen happen with nos is a. Uh, there's a couple different like regulators and everything to make sure that you don't you know uh, have too much going into your intake at the right time or too much at the wrong time. So I had a friend of mine. He left his valve open, and so it was just shooting nos into his like uh, intake and everything. So he had all his power right at the minute that he hit like the gas and in that race scene if you do that what happens is he left his rear end of the car and the car went forward and he tore the car off of the axles like that's what happens oh when my you, god Jeez. you know do your nos injection wrong
1: <laughs> that's i hope that shows up in one of these movies i want to see
2: they did that.
3: <laughs> one thing i i did come across just reading some other stuff is that uh Getting the right amount of of NOS injected is is a challenge because apparently they rely on the pressure of the tank and that pressure changes, um, you know, as the tank empties. Um, And I heard mention of, like, they would even heat these tanks to keep the pressure up. Like, that's how not flammable it is, is that they they are heating the tank on purpose.
2: Oh, yeah, they've got little bottle warmers and everything that they keep on them. Some people keep... You can some people will build their NOS tank and put it under their seat, so it's just right there. They can just reach down and open up the valve when they need it. So it's the movie... I don't know if somebody just thought it would be cool to have that explosion because it was all pretty with the blue and everything, but yeah, it, it's really not legit. <laughs> uh,
3: there are chemicals that burn green. Like, I, th- I think some chemicals that go into, like, so uh, the paint on soda cans will, will turn fires green. So, like... If there was an explosion, it wouldn't have to be the NOS that made the flames green. But it it wasn't going to make the car jump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. See, like, so
2: one of the big problems with this movie is, like, uh, what I feel like there were car guys that were present for the planning of things. And they would, like, pitch an idea. And someone's like, oh, that's a great idea. But how about we do this? And then they never consulted that car guy again to make sure that, like, their counter idea was going to actually, like, work. True.
1: <laughs> Interesting, interesting. I on the on this topic of car questions, one of the things that I thought looked so dumb is when Vin Diesel is trying to beat the train at the end, and he like pops a wheelie at the start of them like going. Is there any? They can't. It's gonna kill time if anything. I don't know. It looked dumb, and I was just like this. I I think that you reminded me of saying that they were just like, oh, maybe there was some consultant that had some sense of realism, and they would pitch an idea. And then you'd have Rob Cohen and other people go, no, 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 this would look way cooler. And it might not make any sense, but that's the thing they want because it's more cinematic. I, did, I didn't like the – the car popping a wheelie looked so dumb to me, especially at the point that it happened in the movie when they were clearly, like, at the climax and things were happening. It should have happened just near the end when they were – or near the start where they were going on a drag race or something like that. But I, I know that's just one of the things that I think looks dumb. Like, I know, LaShawn, I've told you before, I still, to this day – this is years ago we talked about it – I think cars with the, um, the headlights that, like, hide in the body – that pop up, those look so stupid to me. Like, whenever I see those rays, I'm like, God, them! like, that looks like a child's toy you're driving.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're absolutely right, though. The wheelie thing is a slow thing, and it's a bad thing. You never want your car to pop up like that, because now you only have two wheels getting traction. (laughs) And nine times out of ten, when you land that wheelie, your car is harder to control because it's bouncing all over the place. So for it to stay stable and take off the way it did, that was all filming in great angles because that's not legit you probably have crashed that car into another car parked on the side but as you said there are no other cars on the road
1: (laughs) (laughs) ever yeah oh until conveniently there's a truck in his way that he has to hit you know
0: (laughs) that's what i was about to say wouldn't it be great if like like that's what happens like he does the wheel he crashes his car and you're like we see the train slowly like in the background just going across the crossing like at five miles an hour
3: (laughs) That's called a so, diversion. Uh, Lashana, I, I think, and, and maybe this is some bullshit that is just made up from, like, Flash racing games, but I feel like I've heard of, of things called willy bars that you can put on the back of a car to, to prevent them from going up so high. Is is that something you're familiar with at
2: all? Not not too familiar, but they are a thing, and that is, it's highly recommended when your car starts to make a lot of power. So, um What's it called? Like, even now you can buy, you know, $100,000 cars that are designed for the track that will have wheelie bars and stuff like that to make sure that you can actually go do the quarter mile at under 10 seconds appropriately. Right on.
3: <laughs> right on. <laughs> and and does it stop the front end from coming off the ground at, uh, all the way or does it just keep it low? Do you know?
2: It, it, it limits it. So okay. it's not it'll still bounce a little bit because that's just naturally what will happen with the rear wheel drive car. But it'll it'll limit how much it does pop up for sure.
1: Right on, right on. I, uh, I I wanted to mention also in the train se- sequence at the end, um, I was definitely you know looking at some reviews and, and talk about this movie, and uh, I went to the the great great bastion of truth as we know it, uh, the IMDb trivia page for the Fast and the Furious, which there was a lot less than I expected, but someone on the IMDb trivia page is convinced that like the the point of the movie is that. In the, in the shot, like, when it shows, you know, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel just get through the train, like, just make it to the other side, because they both make it, they're very close together. the The IMDb trivia is something like, if you look closely you know, Paul Walker's car is just inches ahead of Vin Diesel's, and they're like, that's the theme of the movie. They're like, he won by inches at the end. And I'm like, what the fuck would that have to do with anything at the end of the movie? <laughs> I'm like, I would get it. it would make sense if they had a callback to that, but the movie doesn't focus on that with the train scene at all, because Vin Diesel you know, but rams that, into a truck immediately after.
0: I, I think the point of that, that is like revisionist trivia, because... That becomes a like once the series kind of comes back with the fourth film, a big thing goes back to like who's better at racing, Paul Walker or Vin Diesel? Oh, okay. So that sounds like someone that like in two thousand I don't know 14, 15, like went and added. You know, like I think we've mentioned it like on IMDb, the trivia sections like like get like toward the bottom get really, really like inane. Oh
1: yeah,
0: where it's just that like it's just like weird connections. And I <laughs> one think of the that's trivia what... for
1: this movie is that. One of the trivia was legitimately saying the Fast and the Furious movies often come out around the same time as X Men movies. That was a trivia fact on IMDb. That, that's, that's we we love IMDb trivia here. If you didn't know, Lashawn, it's the uh, the only true source of information. <laughs>
0: The true bastion of truth, but yeah, I think because that becomes a big thing. Like before Paul Walker died, it was like, okay, who who's the better racer between the two? Okay, and and so that would like that's something like a normie would pick up on, like someone who like idolizes these like films would be like, oh yeah, like it's been there since the very beginning. Like Paul Walker was the better racer.
1: Okay, okay, now that I, I see what you're saying, that, that I could totally see someone doing that, like after the fact, you know, once the f- series gets fleshed out, they want to. Th- see this movie in a different light which which i buy you know that's it's, i think that's anything you know i'm sure they do that for the marvel movies as well and stuff like that i'm sure there's people out there saying that edward norton's hulk movie is uh you know an important step in the in the marvel cinematic universe when it's the one nobody remembers i also wanted to mention from imdb trivia one of the things that interested me that i went and looked into which seems to be true i couldn't find great corroboration but Apparently, Rob Cohen initially wanted the main roles for Brian and Dominic Toretto to go to Mark Paul Gosler and Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell. They wanted to make this a Saved by the Bell reunion. And I couldn't find find corroboration, but IMDb goes further and states that the character of Jesse would have been played by Dustin Diamond. Now, I don't want to talk about if this is true or not. I just want to get at the idea how... Crazy would this movie have been, and how different would it have been if this was a Saved by the Bell reunion? Could you imagine Mario Lopez playing Vince Vin Diesel's role? I think this would be a completely different movie. (laughs) Would I want to see it? A hundred percent. I would probably watch it three or four times. You broke Zach. Yeah, Zach's like I'm. I'm done. Zach's like I can't. I can't handle the no, trivia.
0: <laughs> all, all I kept hearing in my head right
1: now is a "Saved by the Bell" uh, theme song.
0: <laughs> Drunk, can we insert that right here, please?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I have it ready to go at any moment. If I had a soundboard; right. it'd be on the uh, on the docket.
2: <laughs> I feel like Topanga right. would be a better letty, though. <laughs> Everything <Definitely. laughs> I would be totally about it. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah,
2: what a what a movie that would
1: have been. Other than other than Vin Diesel, I guess I do. I know it's nothing new, but I always I'm of the uh, the mindset that it is kind of crazy to think that we have a. A franchise based around cars with a character named Vin, Di- with a person named Vin Diesel in it. That's not the character's name. That's the person's name. <laughs> I'm of the school of thought that that's always interesting to me. But you know, like we said before, good for Vin Diesel. He find out what he he find out what he could do, and he did it. So good for him. Um, I think the only thing I wanted to mention about this movie, the last thing, is uh, that we get to see a floppy disk be inserted into a computer at one point. Haven't seen that in so damn long.
0: (laughs) Now that was truly the sexiest scene in the entire film.
1: (laughs) And it also definitely, because that's the scene where Jesse describes his ADD, he puts the floppy disk in the computer. I had very little use of floppy disks when I was younger, but I think they were around like the... Three and a half megabyte in storage in terms of storage. The stuff that appears on his computer, like with the engine schematics and stuff, looked like it would be way too big to fit on a floppy disk. But I'm happy that we got to see a floppy disk in any film.
3: <laughs> I want to say they were like 500 kilobytes or something.
1: Oh, geez. Okay, okay. That's even uh, even worse. But no, I loved it. I- I'm with you, Zach. I was like, oh, here we go. The movie's the movie's kicking into overdrive here. <laughs>
0: I haven't thought about floppy disk in forever.
1: I know, right? Now they're only known as the uh, the save icon on, like, Microsoft Word.
0: Oh, God, Rob, don't be one of those people. Don't be one. <laughs> it's like, like things only 90s kids will remember. Or pretty much <laughs> anybody that was born before, like, oh, the year 2000.
1: That's how I should have started this. Things only 90s kids will remember. Point break. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, so I had to t- I had to talk about Point Break. I also don't think we'd ever talk about Point Break on Cinemodities ever. I mean, I don't think we'd ever do like a Catherine Catherine Bigelow series because I don't want to watch any of her war movies. Maybe a Gary Busey series, but he's not goofy in this movie. So so, yeah, point break. Everybody go check it out, though. Anything else that we had for Fast and Furious? I think I covered everything I wanted to.
0: Well, I want to do is nominate much like we had to do the uh, David Fincher episode where Rob just went like on like a 30 minute like monologue about like David <laughs> Fincher films. I think we should do that for Fast and Furious. Like like it's not a discussion on every film, but we rank the entries
1: Oh, okay, okay. Uh... I, like, like
0: LeSean, is there like, 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 uh, you know, like every day now, like, there's like National Cheeseburger Day, there's like National like Toaster Oven Day. Is there like a National Car Day or something like that? Like, we can like coincide this with or something. Is there any sort of like, like, Day of the Year that's like solely devoted to like automobiles? Like, I don't know.
2: No, not that I know of.
0: Is there some arbitrary day that we can create or something? Like, is there, is, is, is there a sim? <laughs>
2: Mm, you got me stumped on this one maybe yeah okay
1: when I googled right, we'll national holiday, we'll create us. yes. When I googled National Car Day, the immediate result from Google is National Name Your Car Day, which is October second. <laughs>
2: All you... right,
0: Rob, it's every year. Do you... Do, you... Do
1: you get to change your car's name every year? Is that what they're saying?
2: <laughs> Names are fluid, I guess. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Not in two thousand one. Things were not fluid in two thousand one. Everything's fluid now. <laughs>
3: Don't dead name your car though. That's
1: Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, I uh, that'll take some time. I don't think I'm going to binge watch these movies anytime soon. They're they're on the list, though. I mean, oh, God, I I, like you said and we said I I think Goofy would be better than this. So. So, yeah,
0: I I do want to mention to Rob that Regal Cinema has been doing a thing now for the last month, I guess, in preparation for uh, F9. Ha 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 ha! That every Friday they've been they've been re-releasing one of these in theaters every Friday. I think they're up uh, to the fifth one. This I think they're up to the fifth one like this week. That
1: explains a lot. Oh, you've been seeing ads for it, Ben?
3: Well, no, I just googled something about one of the movies and it, it showed up, popped up with Showtimes, and I was like, I think this movie is really
1: old. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. they're sure. Showtimes? Sure. No, I. I mean, I that that's interesting that you mentioned that Zach but I if they're only doing on Fridays I know that I can't go to see that this Friday because I'm gonna be busy seeing Cruella in theaters that I, you have to go see that oh, in okay. theaters <laughs> can,
0: can we please can we please talk about this on the record for a second at like Disney now it's like oh like live action like Cruella Deville did everybody forget about Glenn Close yes like 100%. only ninety only 90s kids will remember Glenn <laughs> Close is <as> Cruella Deville. <laughs> Because they made two of those. Mm -hmm. And this is the third, like, 101 Dalmatians, like, live-action film. Are we getting to a point now where, like, we're just going to, like, remake the remakes?
1: Yes. I'm pretty sure uh, Hugh Laurie, Dr. House himself, is one of the goons in the Glenn Close movies. Yeah.
0: I I saw a preview for that in front of this, like, spiral. I'm just like, why is there a Disney movie being advertised in front of, like, an R-rated horror film? Like, that I just (laughs) can't wrap my head around. And, like, did everybody forget about Glenn Close?
1: Yes. Yes, they did, Zach. And, uh, yes, they did. So you, we Robert. can't we can't go see whatever Fast and Furious movie is playing this Friday because we're all going to go see Cruella, uh, and and we'll report on it. It'll be a good time. We'll do a whole – every day of the week we'll talk about Cruella. We'll do a Cruella week.
3: <laughs> is, is this actually cool, a thing where so you're
1: you supposed to go watch this? D- yes, Ben. Yes, Ben. Yes, ben. <laughs> yes, ben. <laughs> Get in the car right now. I looked into it, into Cruella. It is over two hours long.
0: <laughs> is it really?
1: Yes, it is two hours, 15 minutes. Because I saw a trailer for it before Jesus. something. But it was either Wrath of Man or Profile, two movies Ben and I saw in theaters recently for the Patreon. And Cruella popped up as a trailer before, so I had to watch it. I was actively like looking for my TV remote in the theater to skip the YouTube ad, but I couldn't because I was in the theater. <laughs> so I had to watch it and... I was like, these costumes look pretty cool. You know, that might be that might like hold a movie for eighty minutes. It is a hundred and thirty-four minutes long. It's a nightmare. It's a yeah, it's definitely. A definitely. So we'll we'll report on Cruella. We'll see it. We'll see it. I know LaShawn is just at this part of the conversation, like finally jacked up. He's like, Cars are cool, but Cruella's the best.
0: <laughs> she rides oh, a yeah. moped after all. <laughs> Oh,
1: so anything else about Fast and Furious? Anything else you guys wanted to bring up?
0: One thing I do want to bring up that we talked about Ja Rule, what they started doing, like, when the franchise, like, kind of, like, came back into form, they started getting, like, I don't even know what you would call them, like, flash in the pan, like, female artists, like, Iggy Azalea shows up, I think, in the seventh, sixth or seventh one. Rita Ora shows up in one of them, and they're just there to be like the attractive woman, like sitting there doing like like ready, set, go. And I'm just like, is anything gonna date a to movie more than Iggy Azalea? Like, is, is, like is this the equivalent? Like, I feel like Iggy Azalea in a movie in the mid 2010s is like the equivalent of like the fashion in 2001 of like Fast and Furious. Sure, sure. it's like it's, it's such a it's such like a, like a stamp in time. It's just like okay, like. Like, did you pay her? I hope she at least made, like, $50,000 off this. So, like, she got to at least go to the craft services table.
3: The Twin Towers. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm just saying, like, Spider-Man had issues. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Also, Rob, did you know that Kurt Russell's in this franchise? Like, he shows up eventually? Really? Oh,
1: jeez. Oh, no, I did not know
0: that. Yeah, Kurt, Ru- Kurt Russell is in the Fast and Furious franchise, Rob. Let oh, that God. sink in. Kurt Russell.
1: I had to look it up Lashawn, uh, because I did not – I remembered rapper Cameo from Superfast. But I, I was trying to mem- remember when you mentioned it, Zach, what the, um, the hot girl parody is in Superfast. And the character's name is Model Turned Actress. <laughs> 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 and I guess we should also mention that the, the one we haven't talked about, the, um, the, the parody of, as it says what I'm looking at, the parody of Han, the character I didn't know. He is cool Asian guy. That, don't, oh, snap nobody, snap. nobody go watch Superfast, that movie, I think we agree with Sean, that movie was an atrocity, but that was some of the best parts, where they, they introduced the the crew, and it's model-turned-actress and rapper-cameo, and the, the, the shoe drops that, those are the actual characters' names, like, you have the Vin Diesel parody, say, like, rapper-cameo, like, take the left side, and I'm like, oh, that's their fucking names? Like, that, some of that was really funny, <laughs>
2: I do have an oddball question for you guys. So what happens to poor Vince? Like Vince this whole time was right that Brian was a cop. So, so are they going to apologize to Vince? And also, who is Vince in love with? Is he in love with Bri- uh, with uh, yeah. Mia or is he in love with Dom?
1: <laughs> Superfast makes it out that he's in love with, with Dom for sure. Um, But this movie makes it out, I think, that he's in love with Mia, at least from the beginning, um, when he's like, stop getting uh, tuna sandwiches from her.
2: (laughs) It was kind of mean, though, when they were talking about going on a date right in front of him. I feel like he was trying to be, like, pretty, like, chill, and then they were just, like, they triggered him. And then, like, after that, I feel like they owe him an apology. Like, Ryan should be like, hey, man, Uh, i was. I mean, he
3: came in there, and he was just like, wash my car, bitch.
2: And so (laughs) she was like, actually, how
3: about I take you on a date instead? (laughs) <laughs> so I, I have to disagree a little bit I don't think he was trying to be cool I think I he like was he's trying to be interesting.
0: <laughs> okay, and like Also I, I dibs on this in the restaurant Can we please have uh, Vince as a uh, Line cook in the restaurant Him trying to make popcorn by just like putting a bag of popcorn In there just slamming the microwave <laughs> And just getting mad that it won't cook He puts it in and starts slamming it With his like like his palm It's like 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 Was that an outtake? Was the microwave broken Was <laughs> sure. the prop
1: microwave? <laughs> yeah. The, I'm glad you guys reminded me of that scene. Cause that is like a, a complete dick move when she's like, what's that restaurant you want to take me to? Like with all the nice stuff and stuff. And he tells her, and he goes, well, Paul Walker, you take me there. How about Friday? And I'm like, oh shit, that sucks. Like I felt for that. He's the asshole character, but I felt for him in that moment. And then I think with the popcorn, he walks out of the kitchen and like over the guys watching the TV and he's like, make your own damn popcorn or something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Watch my car when you get done. What was that? No, Mia. I'm talking to the pump. And wear your favorite dress cause when you're done, I'm putting you on the street where you belong, cutie. <laughs> this thing broken. What's wrong with this See? thing?
4: Hey, what was what was that Cuban restaurant you wanted to take me to? The one with the hey, the Picadillo R- 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 and R- the. little red R- candles, the Yeah. The plantain too? yeah food all over the place. What was it called? Cha cha cha. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
3: Well you can take me there Friday night at 10, is that good for you? Yeah, it's perfect good. good Make your own
0: goddamn pop. But To answer uh, LaShawn's question What happens to Vince Is that he shows up again in the 5th movie He's the one that like gets them to Rio de Janeiro because, like, he's living there, and I think he has, like a, like, a wife and kids.
2: Oh, does he really come back? I totally miss that. <laughs> he
0: comes back very briefly. Yeah, he is in the fifth one.
1: See, I was hoping you'd say, Zach, he comes back in the fifth one where, in like, in the background we see an 18-wheeler drive by, and he is still attached to the front of it. Like, his life <laughs> is just relegated to being stuck to a truck. Like, he's the hood ornament for that trucker. <laughs> Yeah,
0: this movie's goofy. I
1: love it. Right. I love this okay. movie. Fair, fair. Well, I
0: appreciate – I don't love the series, but I, I appreciate it, and I love how goofy it began.
1: Okay. So I guess with that being said, unless there's anything else, um, are we ready for our questions then regarding uh, Bad Point Break? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think I. it's no – I even gave half of my answer away earlier. I think it's no surprise. Uh, I'm going no to cinemodities on this one. And I'm going no to late night with the caveat: watch Point Break instead. That if you if someone's like, oh, let's watch Fast and Furious, I go well, no, let's watch Point Break. Let's watch Keanu Reeves get beat up by a naked lady. It's good fun. So I'm no to both. Uh, Zach, I are you? What mental gymnastics are you going to do to try and rope in the whole franchise into your answer? I feel like I'm getting <laughs> that sense from you.
0: Okay. Okay, I probably should say this if we ever go through the entire series, but like I'm gonna say yes to cinematic because I think the weird way that this franchise was able to kind of like, oh God, like this is the foundation of it. And now it's like a billion dollar franchise that just won't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's like, there's so much like inertia behind this. Like, and just look at this as the like kickoff point, I think is amazing. So I think like you gotta give it credit for that just being like almost bizarre that like twenty years later this franchise is still still going. Um late night movie, I did do this as a late night movie with my girlfriend and she she liked it. Like it was like she'd never seen it before, but like she knew like kind of everything about it, like culturally osmosis wise. Sure. When she like I said, I think this is it's not captivating, but I think it's it's entertaining enough. Like for the same reason why we look at like what entertainment is by today's standards. Um it's very down to earth and that's something you don't get in blockbusters anymore. And I think it's able to draw people in. And, and like you said, everyone thinks of Fast and Furious now as just like bonker stuff. Like 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 Lashawn and Ben are giving their answers. I'd like Rob to like like mute it, but watch the Fast and Furious Nine trailer. Oh God! Like I would. I, I gotta want, go on in
1: incognito. I don't want that to mess up my YouTube algorithm. <laughs> That's
0: fine. But while they're giving their answers, I want Rob just to have this. Just like just observe it. And just think about how far this has come, and how just like this is such a breath of fresh air, and that like how just down to earth it is. But yeah, I'm gonna go yes to both.
1: Okay, okay, interesting. Ben, what do you think for the Fast and the Furious? I mean, it's not odd in terms of filmmaking. I, I guess
3: it's odd in that they tried to make us believe that NOS makes you go warp speed, <laughs> or that 140 miles per hour is fast enough to distort your vision. Wait, I mean, it's it's fine. It's not great. It's not. Like, if I have access to all the movies in the world, I'm not choosing this one. But if this is the only movie in the house, I'd probably rather watch it than not watch a movie, given I'm in the mood for a movie.
1: Okay, fair. I see what you're saying. And then, LaShawn, that leaves you. It's been a while, but uh, you got to answer questions. You get a spot in the spreadsheet for our guests. Cinemodities <laughs> and Late Night, what do you think?
2: I would say no on the Cinemodities, and I would say. For me, I'm a late night movie drinker, and I feel like I could totally have a good night just late night watching this, you know, and having a little sip, and I think it'd be a good time.
1: Right on, right on. Uh, yeah, uh, Zach, I'm seeing, I'm muting it so it doesn't get in the recording, but I'm, I'm seeing this Fast and Furious Nine trailer. It, it looks different. I mean, I'll give you that. <laughs>
0: This again, think about what this movie is. Glowing cars and DVD players in and, and Johnny Tran and his snake pants. And then juxtapose that to just what the hell is happening in
1: this trailer? Because
0: I watched it once and it's just like sensory overload.
1: Sure. No, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. With those things out of the way, that brings us to the restaurant. Uh, there's one I'm going to throw out. I didn't expand on this. I'm going to read my note exactly as I wrote it. I just wrote down Race Wars.
4: <laughs> I, think,
1: I think we can play with that. I, I'm definitely not thinking that we should do Race Wars in terms of what they had in the movie. I also don't think we should have Race Wars in terms of the more uh, you know politically charged version of Race Wars. I was thinking that in some way we should actually have different races fighting each other. In the sense of like, you know, this is a Mario Kart race, but this is like a, like, a, like a physical running race. Like I want actual races to fight to the death. Is that too abstract for the restaurant? Am I even yeah, describing abstract it? For the restaurant, <laughs> how do we have different races fight each other? Race in the sense stop of... Stop
0: saying how many race. I like how Rob's like, <laughs> he keeps saying this, and it's like, Rob, please stop saying
1: that. So that was my Just first Until we run. get cancelled,
0: one line of dialogue, out of like, hundreds of episodes <laughs> being taken out of context. <laughs>
1: In terms of actual racing as it's depicted in this movie, like street racing, I would love to have a a street racing course in the restaurant, but it is the opposite of these impossibly long ones we've been talking about in the franchise. It's incredibly short. Like, I'm thinking maybe 40 feet long, like, and we have people drag race or street race on it. I don't know. Maybe, LaShawn, you you can shed some light on this. Like, how short is too short? For a street race? Like, is 40 feet good or is that too long? Should we cut it down? Should it be less than the length of a car? That's another question.
2: It, it depends who you ask. There's some people that race from street light to street light and they're like, that's a race, that counts. And then there's <laughs> a lot of people that uh, are normal and need a little bit longer than that. <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> I can imagine when you pitch that, it's like the episode of The Simpsons with uh Mr. Burns just watching what the uh, Formula One drag racing, and he's like, Two fast smithers, make them slow down. <laughs> and I just barely like get like past like thirty miles per hour and the parachute goes out and it doesn't even make it off the ground. It just slowly
1: drags. Nice, nice. I uh yeah, I've definitely I when I watching watching this movie and thinking of like car racing in general, you know you want to see who's the fastest, uh, I've definitely done things with people where it's like who can go the slowest on their bicycle, and that's always been pretty fun. Like that just basically becomes like a balancing thing, which is a little different from a race, but there's there's something to be said for the other end of the spectrum, not how fast you can do something, how slow you can do something. Um, the other ones I had, just some quick ones, of course, a tuna sandwich but I want the bread to be all crust. And I'm not even just saying, like, make the sandwich where it's just, like, the two ends of the loaf of bread that are crust. I'm saying, like, take a loaf of bread, cut off all the crust from the bread in there, mash it together into, like, two things of just crust, and use that as your outer layer of a sandwich. I think that would be perfect. Um, Oil, straight to the face, like we get to see in this movie. Uh, Johnny Tran just shoves (laughs) an oil pump. 40 or 58. I think we let the customer choose. Absolutely, and uh, you know we we give them that option. And I was thinking maybe it's not even like you know what we see in this movie is the pump just gets like put close to the person's mouth. I'm thinking maybe we even go as far as it's like you know a feeding tube of oil. Like they just get to sit there, have a feeding tube put in, we just pump oil directly into their body. I think that's that would be good fun. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one I had is a more serious one: Uh, iced cappuccino. There's a scene in The Fast and Furious where I think what they first get to like the uh, the police headquarters or the, the headquarters of the operation that they're running and what Ted Levine wants an iced cappuccino and we see him get his iced cappuccino and it looks damn good. Like that's the one thing, maybe this movie missed the mark for making me want to go into the street uh, racing world, but it made me want an iced cappuccino when it popped up in the movie. <laughs> so that was that was all I had. Um, I know, Zach, you mentioned a few already. What'd you say, Vince as... What do you want Line to do in the restaurant? Line, Line cook. cook. That's Line right. Line cook. cook. Okay. Okay. And he, and he
0: cooks. And he basically just sits there, and just like like slaps things
1: around. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's the one like bunching all the crust together to make the uh, the crust bread for our sandwiches. Um, but what else? What else do we have for the restaurant? Uh,
3: you know, honestly, um, when I think of fast and furious and food, the thing that really comes to mind for me is just like broccoli with cheese on it. You know what I'm saying? You should get. <laughs> You just microwave some broccoli, that's the fast part and
1: cheese (laughs) i gotcha okay you just like you get some of the smelliest cheese you can and that's the that's the furious part i was definitely thinking when you said broccoli i was like what is fast about broccoli like if you ask someone like a like a word association be like i'm gonna say things say like you know the first vegetable that comes to mind you say fast and ben's like broccoli (laughs) (laughs) but the cooking is what's fast okay i like that i like that for sure And I guess cheese would make some people furious, like smelly cheese or cheese that isn't American cheese. That People would be like, I don't need this fancy shit.
3: <laughs> and maybe we only serve it to lactose intolerant customers. Perfect. Maybe that's
1: part <laughs> of where the furious comes in. Oh, I like that. We cook it fast, and it makes the customer furious. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so
3: there's, there's that. Um, I'm sure that there are, like, edible car parts we could get. Or car parts that aren't supposed to be edible, but we can serve them as food?
1: Well, I I think that's a great question for LaShawn. Which part of the vehicle is edible?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, now they're making a lot of car interiors with organic materials. So Mm. all the Teslas are organic, recycled, you know, material or vegan-friendly interiors. That's another trendy thing right now. I don't know what that means exactly, because I still have leather in my car. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, vegan. (laughs)
3: Leather's edible, right? Like, it's not nutritious or fun to eat, but
2: it's edible. We could serve card, like, card sea covers. I assume. I think it would digest fairly well. I don't know. <laughs> or it would come <laughs> kind of, I don't know. It'd be that tough to be get
1: down, stuff. for sure. You know, you have to oh, yeah. cook it down or something. <laughs> you know,
0: I, I want to know that, like, I, one thing I want to bring up about this, like, I, I forgot the name of it, like, the guy, Rob, you remember Tropic Thunder? Oh, yeah. Remember the people who call Matthew McConaughey and Tom Cruise it's like, we are flaming dragon. Yep. We have Tug Speedman. And so like I kinda took my earphone like my my earbuds out so I could like hear that. I put them back because I forgot the name of the like organization that kidnaps and All I hear is, "Yeah, cars. He should be digestible." And I'm like, "What on <laughs> he- what the hell did I miss for like thirty seconds?" <laughs> I come back to this. I'm like, "Where do I pick up on this?"
1: This is the That's glorious part of the yes. restaurant. You know, it's like we say, "What snacks do we want at the restaurant?" And it's like, yeah, "Which part of the vehicle is edible?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> is is there a go kart track in the in the restaurant
2: already? There yeah, is a roller coaster.
3: I mean there's definitely roller coasters I I think we need a go-kart track and all the go-karts have to have underglow but they also have to have overglow and they also have to have lights all around the outside of them like it has to be dangerous to look at them (laughs) okay (laughs) staring into the sun (laughs) and you get inside of one and then you race (laughs)
1: <laughs> Ooh, now, okay, Ben, that's a cool idea where it's, like, you have this, this thing where it's, like, okay, come on up, you know, it's, like, a, maybe, like, a, carna- or like a f- carnival attraction or something, and you stand on line, it's, like, you're ready to go, and you can get in these go-karts, and they're covered in light, like you said, and they're very bright, but, the like, the condition for the race is that before you race you have to take those like drops in your eye that dilate your pupils that make it even more painful to see things. So then you have like eight people with fully dilated pupils (laughs) racing balls of light and they're just fucking crashing into shit. And they're like, the race never ends. I love that idea.
3: (laughs) Solid. Um, Yeah. So we got to get the underglow in there. We could probably get underglow for our tables too. Just come to think of it. You know, we should probably like anything that has a bottom, we need
1: to fix a light to it. <laughs> I okay, okay. I definitely i've I feel like I've seen that. You know, like under like underlit ta- or tables with lights under them. I've seen underlit restaurants, but I've also seen restaurants with tables like with lights under them. Um, one of the apartments I looked at when I was moving out here to Fort Collins like came with rope lights all around the floor. Like it, and I was like, I don't. I was like I don't know if I would want this, you know, but like that was there. They didn't have like overhead lighting. They had that as the primary source of lighting. And I was like that's like I don't think I'm going to have a rave every day.
3: <laughs> I don't feel like rope lights are that bright.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that too. But okay, so if if it can have underglow, it should have underglow is what you're saying.
3: And and we need a beverage called Nos, and it may or may not be real Nos. Sure,
2: sure. Um <laughs> You it's, might get sued because there's an energy drink already. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. There oh, is. wow! I forgot about that.
2: <laughs> TM. <laughs> well,
3: we ha- we have a lawyer, I think, so somewhere. Do we rob? Restaurant. Do we have a lawyer?
1: I think Maximo is our lawyer, and his his idea of legal action is going and like assaulting other people. <laughs> I mean, there
3: there's bound to be a lawyer
1: in the restaurant, right? True. True. De- I mean, trapped there so- or there to eat, absolutely. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I'm thinking trap there, but but yeah. So I think I think we'll
1: be okay. Yeah, we got nothing to worry about. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's better to just do it and then ask forgiveness than uh, to ask permission, right? Yeah,
3: that's right. <laughs> uh, all right, LaShawn, what do you got for us? So I've got
2: about? a, yeah, I've got a little, it's called the the Dominic 10-second experience, right? And it's like, a, it, there's a lot that goes into this. So it starts off, with Paul Walker, or someone, we'll have uh, actors, you know, there. And they come up, and you know the scene where he's getting ready to race, and then he starts talking to himself? He's like, you're going to win this. You're going to do this. Yeah. Which is a very weird thing. I don't know anyone who self-talks that way when they're about to race out loud. But he's going to do that. And then as soon as he does that, Iggy's going to show up, or some uh, voluptuous model, and she's going to say, go. And you'll have 10 seconds to eat your foot long. And if you don't eat the footlong fast (laughs) enough, then that's when Vince shows up, and then Vince tells you to leave because no one likes the tuna, and you just, that's it. You're out of the restaurant.
1: (laughs) What, is there anything, do you have any idea, or is there anything if they complete the 10-second footlong? Or is it, like, is it, are we trying to make it, like, impossible? Like, it might be a footlong in one dimension. Is it, like, eight feet in the other dimension? (laughs) (laughs) Um...
3: It's a footlong, eight feet tall, seven feet wide.
2: <laughs> it just starts flashing "danger to manifold" like as you're eating.
3: <laughs> oh, that that is necessary. I think there needs to be a lot of visual distractions during <laughs> this ten seconds.
2: Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. Does the footlong have underglow? <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> I think we already established that Robin has a bottle, doesn't it? <laughs> if it oh that that yeah, if it if it can have underglow, it should have underglow and it's like, you know I'm pretty sure like there's a regular burger somewhere on our restaurant menu. Comes with just like a like a little ring of Christmas lights under it on the bun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But that's all I got. <laughs>
1: okay. No, that's a that's a
2: good one. We always like
1: food uh, eating competitions or, or eating with steaks, I guess. They're not really competitions. They're just eating with steaks.
3: <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I think they're called challenges. Like when you get the two-pound steak and you have to eat it in sides and two sodas. And <laughs> sure. You know, just the restroom once. You gluttony the challenge.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> can you imagine Dom just reading off motivational quotes in his deep voice? Like, just, you can do it. Don't give up.
1: You will finish this sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the,
3: the more monotone, the better is what I'm getting from this. <laughs> that You show that sandwich who's boss.
1: It has to be monotone, and it also has to be difficult. Like You have to really try to, and strain to understand what he's saying. I guess I should say, Zach, your earlier... Uh, Dominic Toretto impersonations, Vince Diesel impersonations were good. I I just have a problem that I could understand what you were saying. Like you really need like the uh, uh, and yeah, you're just like yeah, yeah okay okay Dominic any, sure. <laughs> any, any, <anyone. laughs> yeah, I know you're Groot. Okay, thanks. Go bother another table now. <laughs>
0: Uh, so to, like, low, like, like, uh, very
1: low growling.
0: Uh. <Edition> <inaudible> <inaudible> <mumbles> is, is, is he having a stroke? Is he okay?
1: Uh, He'll tire to- to... himself out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> <inaudible> oh, God. All right. oh, God. All right. So, that brings us to the end. And of course, LaShawn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for giving us some car knowledge that we. We greatly needed uh, – I'm, I'm, I am I'm. know I said this also, and we did super fast, but uh, you had to tell me what a car was then. I'm glad we got a little <laughs> further up the difficulty here. But if anybody wants to hear more car information from you when you are not watching Fast and the Furious movies, where can people find you?
2: Um, if you're bored, you can go on YouTube and search LJ's Garage, and then I should appear. Look for a black guy with a cool car, and you'll find me. <laughs>
1: Yes, and uh, I will put the link in the show notes for sure. And uh, it's good; it's good fun. The the videos I've watched of yours, i am always like this is some interesting stuff. I don't follow it completely, but I'm definitely like on board with it. <laughs> so everybody, check out L- LJ's Garage. Absolutely. Um, I'll throw it over to you, Ben. Ben, do you have anything to pitch or promote for this uh this episode? I mean, I,
3: as as always is the case, uh, I'm promoting my latest app. Yes, the life counter. I think Rob can put links in the description come check it out. If you play Magic, uh, it could also work for other card games. It's fully customizable. You control what you track, and then you have a recorded history of it after the fact. And stats, so you can tell your friends how often you beat them. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, the best part of, of any trading card game experience. Uh, that and the Patreon. Come check out the Patreon. I think, as Rob said earlier, and I don't know if that was on recording or not, we've got four patrons now. It is a Uh, beginning to be a party up in this restaurant (laughs) and uh and we want we want you to come join the more the merrier check out our discussions about bloodshot which we mentioned in this episode yep and uh many other movies which you will not get to hear uh in the main feed but you will get to hear me and rob talk about some crazy shit including adventure time so if you love adventure time check
1: us out. Yes, definitely check out the Patreon. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it is patreon.com slash cinemodities. This is coming out in June, so you will be able to hear by this point. The latest release was Ben and I discussing the new movie, Wrath of Man. If you think we only talk about Jason Statham shooting people in the head, we do talk about other things, even though that's all that exists in that movie. (laughs) So definitely come check that out, and uh, I think Zach is going to say the same thing. Zach, pitch the Patreon for us as well. We know how, we, we know how you love being I, involved in that. This, I,
0: <laughs> I, I, I wanted to talk about Promising Young Woman on that, and yet all I hear is nonsense garbage that's being talked about instead. Still waiting for that promising young woman episode, everybody. It's only been what six months since that movie came out, and I'm yeah. still waiting for it. We'll him. have that- to
1: talk about that movie eventually. I hate that movie more and more every time I think about it.
0: <laughs> Why? We hey, had hey, it with the slight disgust. No, we- not now. Not yes. now. Later.
1: Fair. fair. Oh. What
0: do you mean? But no, that- this needs to be, this needs to be <laughs> disgusting.
3: No tabling this motion. You need to nip this in the butt right now. The audience seems to know, Zach picked the entire 2001 four-year.
0: Until <laughs> this is over,
3: Zach does not get <laughs> a chance. Zach gets no break from the four-year. <laughs> Zach does.
0: Fair. I'll take that. I'll take
1: that. Zach picks so much 2001, and then we, when the schedule finally opens, we're going to be like, you know, sit down and be like, okay, what do we want to do? And Zach's going to go, listen to me, I got a crazy idea. After 2001, there was this little year called 2002. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. <laughs> oh, that's All good. Right. That's oh, good.
0: Oh god, I, I, I want that like echo in the very beginning of uh, next week's episode with Pootie Tang Ben's like comment. Like Zach going to be involved with the Patreon. He got the four year, and that just slowly just like echoes out, and reverberates his audio <laughs> as like, we get into Pootie Tang.
3: I'm for it. Oh,
1: good, good. All right. Well, uh, once again, LaShawn, thank you so much for being here. We always enjoy it. Uh, we might see you again in the fort year. I know that you picked out some other movies you had interest in, um, and I was, and uh, I guess we should say also when I gave you the list, you picked a bunch of movies. Fast and the Furious was not in there, but I was like, well, LaShawn, you have to be on this episode because we <laughs> sat through super fast. But thank you for coming here. It's always a great pleasure. Uh, we might see you again in the fort year. If not, we'll definitely hear you again on Cinemodities. Uh, to tell us about whatever you have thoughts on. Um, so thanks for being here. Hope you had fun. And I guess the last thing is how do we end this episode? I figured it would have to be the song at the start of our closing credits, which is Furious by Ja Rule. No.
3: Watch uh, your back.
1: <laughs> okay, we maybe we it. could do a melody with some Watch Your Back, but I was thinking about- we needed roll, Ja Rule. Roll and, roll and roll. Oh, God. It, it's going to be another... I have to do like a bunch of mixing for the yeah. end credits? Okay. Mash up. Mash up. <laughs> we need Watch Your Back backwards over and over again we'll have watch you back we'll have there furious by Jaw rule and we'll have rolling uh by rolling featuring rolling okay perfect <laughs> <laughs>
4: I didn't ever see I a I I in i the am like, poor like, baby. I remember, 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 I I remember, I remember, I remember, I I remember, I remember, I I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, yeah, 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 I yeah, 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 my yeah, 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 and I'm going get to I'm going and i get I'm to get out of here, I'm gonna I'm gonna get serious, you here, I'm gonna get here, I'm gonna get yeah, of here, I'm gonna get of I'm going get out of here, I'm gonna get out Boys out, boys out, girls, boys out, girls, boys out, girls, boys out, boys out, boys